Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Netflix has been hit with four felony indictments over the film Cuties because uh, that film depicts children, prepubescent girls, in lewd adult uh, activities. And um, the strange thing is, and I suppose it's not strange to most of us, but uh, one thing that's happening is that the establishment left and many left activists have been and are still outright defending this film as if it should exist because they say it's a critique. The strange thing is you can critique something without actually doing it. Imagine someone doing drug and saying, don't look at me. I'm just critiquing heroin. That doesn't quite make sense. But where it gets interesting is that these felony indictments come from a grand jury, meaning a district attorney showed the film to people and asked them if they thought it was a crime. And these people said yes. And now Netflix (laughs) is facing four felony indictments. So I think that's interesting as to what the media tells us versus what regular people think. So we're going to talk about that. We got obviously a bunch of stories about what's going on in Ukraine, but sometimes the war talk is just, we get it, there's a war and it's all everyone's talking about, but we will. The View, earlier today, I think it was earlier today, Mm -hmm. called for, effectively called for the arrest of Tulsi Gabbard and Tucker Carlson for pushing Russian propaganda. That's how insane everything's gotten, so we'll be talking about all of that. And we have uh, two guests joining us today. First, we have Kelly J. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Kelly J. I am a women's rights campaigner from the UK. Right on. Is there any is there anything people would have known you known you from, or anything you focus on uh, specifically? <laughs> uh, yeah, I focus on the word "woman" specifically to keep it for women. Uh, I got a billboard taken down in the UK in 2018 that had the dictionary definition of the word "woman," which and is it was removed for an adult human female. Uh. Who knew? Uh, and it got removed. <laughs> <laughs> it got removed for hate speech. Mm. What? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, well, so we we have a lot to talk about. Interestingly, we have a couple stories out of Ukraine where uh, one story is about a trans woman who is, is not allowed to leave because a trans woman is male and men aren't allowed to leave the country. I, I know YouTube's going to hate the language, but I'm just trying to describe it. And the other story is a trans man who put on feminine clothing to be able to escape the country. So it's an interesting... So we'll get into all that stuff, and then obviously we'll, it'll lead us into a lot of what's happening with Ukraine. But uh, we also have Libby Emmons hanging out. Hey, glad to be here. I'm Libby Emmons. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Post Millennial. Glad to be back, everybody. Right on. What's up, everybody? Ian Crossland over here from iancrossland.net. I'm actually working on my Brave browser right now and setting up my Brave search engine. If you haven't done that yet, you can flip over <laughs> away from Google or DuckDuckGo and set up your Brave search engine. It's in beta. Mm-hmm. I actually use that all the time. I use Brave. Yes. Do, do you use the browser and the search engine? Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And I am also here in the corner pushing buttons. I'm wearing one of Kelly's shirts. I don't know if you guys can see it. It has the dictionary definition of the word woman, which is highly unpolitically correct. So I'm <laughs> looking forward to wearing it in public and seeing what happens. When when did Daylight Savings Time happen? Was that yesterday? Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if there's a lot of people in the chat who missed that. I think it was last Sunday. That was last, uh, yesterday. It was yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. 
it's yeah. so not. People you think, ahead of time. Yeah, people yeah. think that it's 7 o'clock still. Someone was like, why are they starting early? We're so early. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it looks like some people, yeah. Since oh, the dawn yesterday. of time. Yeah, it was yesterday. Everyone's like, are they early? Yeah, Men have been early. confused. All right. By daylight savings, yes, <laughs> true. <laughs> I think it's so dumb. Just it's wake up an hour early, I guess. Yeah. But whatever, it's brighter out and it's 8 for whatever. Yeah. Don't forget go to, to go to TimCast.com, become a member, and support our work directly. You'll be keeping all of our journalists gainfully employed, and they're eternally grateful for it. And also, you'll get access to members-only podcasts from this show. We're going to have a members-only version of the show up at 11, 11 or so p.m. I imagine there's a lot of topics that are really sensitive that we're not going to be able to talk uh, talk about, but there's going to be a... I think, we'll just put it mildly, tonight's members-only show might get very... Um, it would it would piss off the censors. I'll put it mildly. So <laughs> check out TimCast.com. But let's talk about this first story about Netflix. This one I find to be absolutely fascinating. Netflix takes on Texas. Attorneys analyze the outlandish fight over cuties. The Hollywood Reporter is basically, uh, they're, they're talking about a story in which this month there was supposed to be a hearing in Texas. Netflix is facing, a, a was, was to face a criminal charge for, I think it was like child lewd behavior or something. There was a, a, a federal ruling that overturned the statute from Texas about children and lewd activities or lewd behavior. So the, the DA, who, strangely enough, as the story goes, played the, played the character Spider in the film School of Rock, his name is Lucas Babin, brought the case, brought the film Cuties to a grand jury and asked them if it depicted children in child adult films, to put it mildly, and a grand jury returned four felony indictments. So now what's happening is we're seeing with this Hollywood Reporter story, they're bringing in these lawyers who are like, oh, it's a First Amendment thing. You know, they're obviously critiquing the sexualization of children. And we're now in this strange world where when a DA brings the film before a bunch of regular people and says, was a crime committed? They say yes. Yet the establishment media, the left, as you would call it, is defending a film in which they took four young girls. I don't care if you think it's their actors, actors or actresses or whatever, actually taught these little girls to do these dance moves, had them do it in an extended scene that was like three minutes long, have scenes where there's clearly adults grooming these children and then said, but it's a critique. It's fine. This is the, this is the, you know, if I, if I can get, I can broaden the, the, the conversation a little bit outside of this, clearly. We live in completely different realities with, with whatever the establishment and the left is, from regular people to... I'm kind of thinking of George Carlin's obscenity, push against obscenity. I understand. I, I'm, you know, morally, I felt like that movie was a little too sexualized. I think you made the example earlier. It's like, in order to explain something, you don't have to, like, show it necessarily. Like, something really vile, you don't want to, like, put it in front of people to well, prove I mean, when, that you're doing you it. Well, I mean, when Shakespeare wrote plays, all the violence happened off stage. You don't need to see it to know what happened. It's a great point. Yeah. I mean, those little girls actually doing those scenes in front of a whole, I would imagine, mostly male, adult male crew. It's just gross. I mean, what were the parents or anyone thinking? Well, so so I think there's one part of this story that easily proves they know they're doing something wrong. In The Hollywood Reporter, they say, Conservative circles have rallied behind criticism of the movie for sexualizing and exploiting children. Babin's father, Texas Congressman Brian Babin, U.S. Senator Ted Cruz, and a group of more than 30 House Republicans have called on the DOJ to prosecute Netflix. This and other calls by conservatives to investigate the making of the movie prompted Netflix to apologize for inappropriately sexualizing actresses in marketing materials. The marketing right. materials were scenes, were clips from the movie. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty nasty. And the, the issue is that it's not a critique because they actually did it. They actually did these things with little girls. 
um, as Kelly J was saying, you know, in front of a, an audience of crew, mm. they paid them for it. You know, they paid the children to do these things. Um, there was a lot of incentive to do a good job, the you reason know, I, and please the people who were I, asking them to do it. I brought up Carlin because he, in order to show the obscene thing that he was wanted to make more publicly agreeable, he would just do it. He would say it. He would say the words that were horrendous and mm-hmm. at the time. And this is kind of like so. The metaphor is like the child sexuality is the dirty words of the seventies. No. It would be different no. if it was an animation. It would be different like if Big it Mouth. was. Yeah, I which guess. is also disgusting yeah. and weird. <laughs> it would be different if it was adults playing children, right? There's a line I mean, that would be different. Or they could not. just like the kids could have come out on the stage, and then it could it could have showed the people's faces, yeah, and yeah. then not actually put these little girls in that situation. Carlin mm-hmm. got arrested for saying the words, but he did it anyway. He was like, "I'm just going to." Yeah, but sh-. he was saying words. He wasn't. And he's an uh, adult depicting the abuse of children, which is different, right? This and is- even if you say things like if you if he had said out loud what was being done you know what these girls were doing and being made to do if you say it out loud that's also different than actually doing it so it's what makes it i think more similar to um like a pornographic situation is that just like in adult films the acts are actually performed would be crazy is if it was about child murder and the movie was all about showing kids getting killed if there wouldn't be any emotional backlash like there is about child sex it's would a they? Big would they? Different. Would the children actually be killed? No, it would be all be acting, just like this is all acting. No, 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 no. But it's no, not you acting see, once right. you're doing the actual thing, right? So, like, I mean, it, even if you're acting like you're doing the thing, you're actually still doing the thing. It's and real it, you know, it's yeah, and it's like if those, if that was a snuff film, if you're talking about a snuff film. That would be, there would be a lot of backlash of that. Well, I mean, and this I, 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 I wouldn't call it backlash. I would say like pitchforks and, and arrests it be, and you know, DOJ It would be illegal. It would yes. definitely right. be illegal to do like I this. Think this. Did I, you guys I, see Cuties? I haven't seen it. You I, know, I wouldn't watch it. I didn't watch it. I, I, uh, some of the bits. But yeah. I saw, I saw yeah. A couple so, clips. so the issue for me was I watched enough of it to where I said, I, I, I'm not interested in watching this film. And, uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I'll, I'll put it that way. I did not watch the film as if to say, like, I sat through the whole thing, but I watched the relevant bits to a certain degree and was just like, this needs to be turned off. It's it's disturbing. Dude, they got a kid that looks like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. That The main 12-year-old actor looks like cor- a sexualized Cortez. It's well, insane. <laughs> Talk so about Sure, clown but that's, that's, that's like a French film. Yeah, what a weird coincidence. I'm not sure. Yeah, so cuties is the is. reason that I canceled my Netflix subscription. I was like, this is unacceptable. Sorry, I'm just not having it. I don't feel like giving money to a company that thinks that this is tolerable. Here, here, here's, here's, I was more angry when they pulled Star Trek, the original okay, series. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine it this way, Ian. Imagine they made it. Let's make a film critiquing uh, children doing drugs and will literally give kids crack <laughs> and film it and then be like, like a reality oh, show. Yeah. That's the issue. So it's more like that, I think, it than more, what Carlin was. But doing. is it, was it a reality? I didn't see the movie. Was it a reality show? It wasn't, a, it was fake. No, it was, it was, it all, was fake. But I mean, look wait, at, what do you mean? Like the movie wasn't, they didn't actually go into a club and get 12 year olds no, dancing. They, no, no, no. They, they had, had to audition actors. and they probably had to sign a contract and their parents had to agree to this grooming behavior. But it was behavior. sexual. It was, so they had to, Whatever they were doing, acting or not, it was a sexualized performance. So it doesn't really matter whether they were acting. They were still actually doing it with their They're real d- bodies. So the funny thing is, the response from a lot of these people on the left is that 
the final scene in question where the little like 11 year old girls or whatever are doing the sex dancing is that the audience is disgusted by it. And I'm like, but you all literally watched it too. Mm -hmm. And they actually had these little girls do that. So what? Show someone being grossed out by it and all of a sudden you're allowed to do it? That doesn't make sense to me. If you're criticizing it, you wouldn't do it, right? Also, when we do, when we have um, like TV shows or stuff like that in the U.S., usually adults do it. Like 90210, which is the first thing I could think of. All those actors were in their 20s. Right. And they were like having sex and doing whatever. They weren't actually having sex, but they had like all the makeout scenes and stuff. But everyone was in their 20s. The same with like... You know, Riverdale or any of those shows. They're all in their 20s. What about Superbad? I I brought this up when I was talking about this earlier today. There's a – so Christopher Mintz-Plass I think was like 16 when they filmed the movie. And there's a scene where he's, you know, he's having sex with some some woman or whatever. And apparently his parents had to be there and sign off on it. I'm wondering, you know, this is a 16-year-old. We know high school kids are doing things, but is it still – does that make it better at all? Because I'm actually wondering. If, I'm wondering, yeah. yeah as I, you're saying that, I'm sort of I'm wondering about that as well. I mean, I got th- still thought it was messed up. Realistically, yeah. a 16 year old boy and 11 year old girl are are worlds of different when it comes yeah, to sexuality. Yeah. That's true. Well, too. right. It's, one it's, is go- going, you know, has gone through puberty and is still doing it. And the other still one still feels is, exploitative, though. Yeah, yeah. Filming a 16 year old boy. That's certainly not. I would sex. never sign off on that for uh, my kid. If I had <laughs> been that 16 year old boy, I would have launched at that opportunity. Well, though. well, well so, sure. But, but, so, so here's the would your parents thing. have gone for it? Yeah, they they supported whatever yeah, my choices. My they parents trusted. did not do that. <laughs> I honestly feel like this, along with you know what the what the, flo- the whole Florida controversy over "Don't Say Gay," I it it really does feel like it's not in the bill. Right, it's not. But but you know their 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 perception of it or what their critique is. You look at super bad. There's a scene where a 16-year-old kid is hooking up and it's in the movie. And then it's not like graphic or anything, but it's clearly a scene acted out by this kid. And they want you to be like, ah, they're 16-year-olds, you know, you know, we know high school kids are doing stuff. Then you end up with shows like Big Mouth, which is like 12, what is the show, like 12 and 13-year-olds? Yeah. That show's messed up. It's a cartoon though. It's a cartoon. Everyone's like, oh, but it's Nick Kroll. It's like famous actors pretending to be kids and it's just cartoons. And I'm like, it's still weird. Do you know? Do you guys know the show Big Mouth? I don't know it. You've got to no. watch. Really? Should it, I write it's this worth. Down? Yeah, yeah. It's the most se- overly sexualized cartoon I've ever seen. Of children. Oh. Yeah, I'm not. I'm oh not. My God! And you're saying I have the, to watch yeah. it. <laughs> it? It's like <laughs> it's like gruesome. It, you might get sick to your stomach. And then he's got like a little de- sex demon on his shoulder that tells him no. To it's have not sex. little. It's it's a it's, massive, it's just crazy, it's like six disgu- feet tall. Yeah, I, I won't watch it. I, I think so. sex demons would be large. Yeah, they'd well, be like, I'm overbearing. I'm taking over. They Netflix got critiqued. Uh, criticized critique is probably the wrong word for it because there's an episode where it shows two little girls walking around naked and it shows a whole bunch of naked women and they said no 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 we're trying to tell little girls to be okay with their bodies that's why we're showing it and people said look dude it's a cartoon there were no actual children here then what happens you end up with movies like cuties where Mm -hmm. it's like now you have actual little girls doing it but oh come on it's a critique just like and i'm just like yo why don't you guys like stop yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting too because this stuff is coming up in books too that are now, you know, available in schools. There's this whole controversy with this book, Gender Queer, um, by a person called Maya Kawabe, I think. I don't know how to say her name exactly right. But, um, but this book has been talked about by parents all over the U.S. Um, that this book has child pornography in it and that it has like depictions of, you know, all these crazy things. So I bought the book. Um, because I had been writing about it and I was like, I should really take a look at this book myself. 
And it is rather disturbing, not just for the reasons that the moms that I know were complaining about it, but also for this journey of this young girl who comes to realize, comes to decide that she's not a girl at all, that she has like these other pronouns that are like, uh, they start with E's. E-M ear. Yeah, that's it. E-M ear. And so the book eventually is the story of this person who grows up to be a comic book artist who's 25, has never had sex, has no interest in sex, is binding, um, is binding their breasts and is teaching middle school and planning to come out to the middle schoolers mm-hmm. as an asexual, aim heir. And this is all like, very affirmed and it's all very, you know, couched in this language of hyper positivity. Uh, the main character in this book hates their body, is terrified of going to the gynecologist, which if you're a woman, like you got to show up at the gynecologist at a certain point, at least a bunch of times in your life to make sure that you're not dying from right. a whole <laughs> bunch of reproductive issues that can kill you. Um, so, you know, this person is terrified of that, terrified of being touched, all of this stuff. And it's it's in the language of joy and uh, spectacularness. Look, I, I can, you know, understand adults who want to live however they want to live. You know, someone's over 18 and they decide they want to, you know, juggle oranges all day or like dress up like a giant duck. I'm going to be like, literally, don't care what you do, man. You can go mind your own business. But it's the it's the it's the obsession with children that I find you know, disconcerting. Yeah, like why does your why do you need your middle school teacher to come out to you and tell you that they hate their body mm-hmm. and it's all you know, over TikTok, right? The all of this people stuff. actually do come out to really small children in this fashion. But there is a there is an overwhelming surge to break the frontier and boundaries of kids, just totally erode all safeguarding, not allow them to use words that are literal and mean something. Um, and the sexualization of kids, whether it's cuties, whether it's this cartoon, but it's like, it, it's as if you're doing something remarkable if you're trying to enforce this onto kids. It's so messed up. It's, um, yeah, it's almost like we've destroyed our culture to the point where there's no way for children to gauge when they're adults. Mm. So we just have to decide that they're adults from the very beginning and can understand this stuff. So kids are learning about gender identity before they know what sex is. Why, uh, uh, well, I don't don't think it needs to be asked, but to the left, you know, my question is to the the left in general, why they think there's an age of consent. Now, the issue is, I honestly think the left is is opposed to that idea Mm. of an age of consent. I think many of these people are just, they're just ignoring that issue for now. But I think if you were to actually get these people in private and ask them, they'd probably advocate for really, really messed up stuff. I think that's correct. And yeah. I think we've seen that. Right? I, th- I think what they're doing is they're eroding our culture with you know things like cuties and defending it. And I'm like, could you imagine this film being made 15, 20 years ago? Mm. Well, 15, 20 years ago, or 20 years ago anyway, like uh, Tipper Gore would be pissed, right? right? And she was the... She was the second lady or whatever, the vice president's wife, who put the explicit advisory lyrics on, you know, my Jane's Addiction we, we, album. We see all those uh, uh, things on Twitter. Have you ever seen, like, maps, the, 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 the oh, minor yeah. attracted person okay. stuff? And or this foundation Prostasia, the Prostasia Foundation, right. which is yeah, all think, about uh, advocating for uh, pedophiles to be accepted in society. You have to wonder about what these people's true goals are at the end. And then, you know, you have to wonder about... Uh, why people like Epstein, 
kind of just disappear? Traffic. Why? Why? Max, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell gets convicted, but convicted of what? Where? Where? What is? She, what did she do? I mean, we're talking about a crime that involves two people, right? Where are her clients? Why they all get away with it? And then it's really funny how it's just like anybody who brings that stuff up is a clearly a conspiracy theorist, and you know they, they must be making things up. And I'm just like, dude, the Netflix thing is really, really fascinating because I don't think they're going to be able to, to walk away from this one. A grand jury. So apparently the feds are like, we're gonna we're gonna have a hearing on this in June or something or July, over whether or not you can this this stands. But I have a feeling that the DA is gonna say to the, the federal judge, we completely agree with their critique. Yeah, and and agree, you know, you shouldn't sexualize kids. Okay, but they did. It's so. such a shame though, don't you think? With Netflix, because they really stood up for Dave Chappelle, they are willing to sort of allow True. allow supposedly controversial opinions. And I, I really was, you know, I totally back them for that. I think that's brilliant. But, and then they do this and you're like, oh, come on, please. I don't, I don't know if they actually back Dave Chappelle to a certain extent. You know, the, the last special that Dave did was heavily focused on trans people. Mm-hmm. It's like a really, it's really weird. Yeah. Dave did a special. He mentioned, uh, he, he had jokes about trans people. He got attacked heavily for it and it's, it seemed like it consumed him. And so he it ends did, up, yeah, right? his yeah. next special ends up being this kind of like, it was very defensive. Yeah. It, was nearly, it was nearly a TED talk, to be fair. Yeah, no, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Where he was like, what, you know, and he was like, I guess people just don't understand the joke, so I'm going to stop doing them. Well, what it's like you, they got him. What did you think of that? What did you think of the whole Chappelle thing? Uh, well, uh, I have issues anyway, because I, I, I think he's incredible for walking away from all that money and uh, keeping his dignity and credibility all those years ago. Uh, but... I'm not really a great big fan of his humor. Some the way that he talked about Candace Owens, I just can't really get past that. Um, but yeah, I think it's bizarre that comedians, Ricky Gervais is the same. They sort of tell a joke and then explain the joke. And like, why? When have you started doing that? Right. Just yeah, tell a joke. If it's funny, we'll laugh. And if it's not, we'll move on. But you saying, "Oh, this is a joke," because actually, I'm doing a bit of wordplay and I'm doing this and. Please don't cancel me. It's like, no, just have the bravery. You know, there's a a story that is a great overlap is the story from Newsweek about J.K. Rowling and YouTuber Vosh sparring over International Women's Day, Uh, mainly because one of the one of the critiques against Vosh, uh, one of the most common ones is about his comments on young children and Mm. sexualization of them. Yes. And so he he is an interesting uh, character in this in that he kind of embodies a lot of these critiques we're talking about. Yeah. So this story is, you may have seen it's from, it's actually from uh, five days ago. J.K. Rowling called Vosh a, uh, a, a, a likened him to an abusive ex-husband who used to tell me my life would be great if only I'd comply, but you're making the same mistake he did. Women like me can't be bullied out of resistance. There's a couple things I find interesting here that's worth talking about. One, um, I don't know if you saw this, but recently, um, what's, her, what's her name? Emma Watson? Is that her name right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah she She said... I'm here for all the witches. And then everyone like clapped. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but a lot of people are assuming she was making like a trans affirming statement or something. She looked gutless when she said it. So I think she was. (laughs) All the witches. Is that what she said? She said all the witches. Oh my gosh. Like, what does that mean? (laughs) I'm here for all the ladies, I think. But JK Rowling's an interesting uh, subject in this. And interestingly, Vosh is as well, because we're talking about the weird uh, grooming of children and stuff like that. Vosh has been heavily criticized for that. JK Rowling, you know, it's an interesting story. For those that aren't familiar, I mean, this, this is the, the, the gist of the story. 
Uh, she said, someone please send the shadow minister for equality is a dictionary and a backbone. Happy International Women's Day. And then Vosh uh, said, women be quieter and start apologizing Ooh. challenge. <laughs> to which uh, she responded with that, you're like an abusive, abusive ex-husband. He said, listen, Joanne, you don't get to play the victim card when you're the advocate for taking away women's rights here. Trans women are raped and killed in men's facilities and you want to keep them there because of your trauma. Quit making your feelings other people's oppression. Ugh. For this, you know, my attitude is like, and I, and, I, and I said this before, this is not to be cute or hyperbolic or facetious. I believe that Vosh is a is a men's rights activist. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like yeah. saying women, shut up, or, you know, women be quiet and start apologizing. Uh, like, a language like that, 10 years ago, they'd call them an MRA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even socialists were called MRAs. So this is like... This story and the issues around J.K. Rowling and everything that's going on, man, I, I really just want to reiterate the point. There are two different realities. We know it. It includes war. It includes law. It includes politics. It includes culture. And this is where the, the two realities just clash all the time. Well, it's sort of fascinating, right? Because we have set up an alternate reality as a as a culture. We have social media mm-hmm. and the online realm, which is an alternate reality. Do you guys remember Second Life, where you could like mm-hmm. yeah. live in a in a virtual realm, and now you have Meta, which is like you know Second Life Part Two or whatever, <laughs> where you can live in a virtual realm. So as we are creating this alternative reality that we all engage in every day, you know, and if you're in media, you engage in it constantly, like. I'm always on Twitter or whatever. Um, and then there's real life. And when you talk to people in real life, they know fully that um, men and women are different and that biological sex is innate. And then when you talk to people online, they don't know that. So it's like this battle of which which realm of reality is going to, which dimension is going to win the war of what's true. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is when you have concepts of transgender ideology – which also is backed by, you know, concepts of transhumanism, which is the intentional evolution of humanity with the help of technology, right? So you have this, you have Zoltan Istvan, who's a transhumanist who ran for president a few years ago. Um, you know, he didn't have a chance, obviously, but there, there he was <laughs> out there. Uh, we are grappling with this. We are grappling with the question of what is real, what is truth, what is reality? And, uh, you know, I wonder what is going to happen. It's fascinating to watch it. And as our culture moves further into the realm of transhumanism, where we, uh, you know, believe that our bodies and minds are two different entities that are <coughs> at certain times apparently at war with one another, um, in the, in the realm of transgender ideology anyway, your body and mind are sort of at war. Have, what have, is going to happen? It's a, it's a fascinating situation and also terrifying. Have you, have y'all seen the film surrogates? No. no. It's a interesting movie, Bruce Willis. There, it's a future where people have these like pods they lay in, and they plug in, and their their consciousness is transferred to a surrogate body, a robot version of themselves. And so you see, like Bruce Willis is looking all like perfect, you know, his hair is to the side or whatever, you know, it's like combed, and he can run super fast and jump super high because it's a robot body. Then he wakes up old and disheveled and wrinkled in his in his apartment no one goes outside anymore because it's dangerous you gotta send your surrogate out in your stead in the opening there's a a guy and a woman come out of a club and they're hooking up and then someone is able to kill them through their surrogate so it's Mm -hmm. like a big deal when the police go to the woman's apartment they're like ma'am are you here and they find a 400 pound morbidly obese man you know sitting like in his chair whatever having died or whatever and so 
I think that's an interesting concept. They did that. There's something something with when people are given the choice to project themselves as whatever they want, like they can on the internet, mm-hmm. as either a cartoon animal or identity less anonymous. Right. They just choose what they would what, what they wish they were. Right. And I wonder if one thing that drives identity crisis in people is living too much on the internet. As because opposed you, yeah. to living in your body. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think we don't live in our bodies as much as we used to, for sure. You can yeah. even tell with like so many of our trends are about trying to make your body okay. You know, yeah. you've been sitting for too long. Right. Yeah. Maybe you should exercise. Yeah. You've been ordering in for too long. People have been bringing you food for too long. Eat this protein. But so, so I'm, I'm, I'm wondering <laughs> if, um, you know, you look at the metaverse. I don't know if you've seen the videos or like Mark Zuckerberg. They are talking. terrifying. What the heck? But they look like Miis, like from, from the, the Nintendo Switch yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't, or like from the Wii, I guess. But they don't look like humans. I'm wondering if people will start identifying as that. And then, right. because that's what you see as a person. That's who you interact with. I'm wondering if a lot of what we're seeing, because the, the identity crisis stuff isn't just trans. It's, it's sort o- of everybody. Otherkin. Yeah. Are you familiar with Otherkin, Kelly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's people like who the think puppies. they're like, they think they're dragons. Yeah. Or, or there's or that owls. whole there's that whole like refuge in Colorado of a bunch of people who think they're cats. Ah, what? And they go what? there for like uh, cat people orgies and things. <laughs> oh I'm gosh. not kidding. That sounds horrifying. Yeah, but yeah, I think we're hey, having. Well, well, but, I think all of this stuff. I think it's a transhumanist culture war. I think oh, that's yes. what hopeful. we have going I'm on. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I think real human connection is actually a really powerful thing. And whilst we may trend away from it, and people may shy away from it somewhat, I don't think we can escape it. I think that's. I, no, I can't live in a world in which we are heading towards not touching each other. And but we're but, already we're already there. Like yeah. I know. The, the twenty the like, twenty why? year olds are having less sex than ever yeah, before. More like A for asexual is part of the LGBTQ alphabet I, I, soup, yeah. right? It's all in there. Asexual is a sexual well. identity. Uh, there's less sex, less people want to have kids, um, there's less touching, there's less dating. Do you not think that we will get to a point, though, where this, uh, like, this unpersonal chaos will just reach peak, and then we will just revert back to, you know, maybe I, if there's a massive they, war, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. if there's, like, a, maybe if there's a, a reason for all of us to run screaming into the woods. <laughs> but, 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 it, but it has to do <laughs> there with have been so many. the internet and video games and things oh, yeah. like that. If if we keep living in digital spaces, then it'll only get worse. We, it could be that our species is splitting. I was watching like Evolution of Humanity documentary last night. All you see the branches of trees, and then like the Homo erectus, and then you've got the hominids that come out of that. And like they appeared. You'll have like like Neanderthals and and Homo sapiens came together, but we were different. So like now we've got another race of like computer zealots that are like a genderless computer hominids, and then we've got other, everyone else that's still. Homo sapiens. So, so you're saying the next stage in human evolution is bodiless, conscious entities that exist in digital spaces? Maybe, but the problem with that is all through history, when when a species splits, they go to war with each other, and like one of the one of the branches will end up becoming dominant. So, like X Men, we might see that. And if they have like brain neural plants and they can move machines with their minds, that's going to be hard to defeat in a war. So, well, but why? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting too. With like Neuralink and stuff, like Terminator. <laughs> well, so, sort of, but imagine you know, look. It's not going to be if if you're going to um, break it down towards who is most likely to get Neuralink, it's going to be city urban liberal types. Sure, not going to be concerned. And it is a it, that is a transhumanist thing, the Neuralink. Right. And so, sure. what happens then when you know the people who live in cities are Neuralinked, so they have direct access to the summation of human knowledge, for, for better or for worse, 
and then you're going and competing against somebody who doesn't. Like mm-hmm. in certain areas, they're going to end up being better than you at certain tasks and, and certain There's also things. sort of a – I was talking to a friend of mine about this who has cerebral palsy, right? And so there's a lot of things that he can't do. And I was slamming all this stuff, Neuralink and um, the idea that there would be these surrogates because we had talked about that, like that you could go out as somebody else in your – and he was like, that all would be awesome for me because I can't do shit, you know? <laughs> like, And he was very like – if that were happening now, I would go move my random weird arm with my neural link that I can't move now. And it'll be communism. Right. You know why? Why? If you took every single human body and put them in pods and then plugged them into the matrix, their limitations would be defined mathematically by the code, not by their physical bodies, which is somewhat randomized. So you could be six foot five, 200 pounds of, you know, 280 pounds of pure muscle in your pod. In the digital world, you are a weak. I was thinking that last mm-hmm. night. I was at my else. computer and I like That's blew my nose and threw the tissue away. I'm thinking like all this stuff I just did. I picked up the thing and I blew my nose and I took a sip and threw it. Like that was all in a computer. If I was in a computer simulation, I couldn't be able to do the variety of, of calculations that I can do in this reality. There's this like limitless potential of, of actions that you can take in base reality. And like what exactly what you were just saying in, in the metaverse, you're bound by the code. You can't you can't go chop down the thing and take a sip of the because it does it isn't real. It's just mm-hmm. it's the illusion well, you, of the you, system. I mean, depending on how complicated how complex the system is. Yeah. But when you're playing in video games online, your character, like if you're playing like World of Warcraft, for instance, online video game, you can be stronger than another character, but everyone is given an equal starting point and everyone's given a relatively equal ending point. Though some items are rare and harder to get, you got to work harder for the most part. If all, you know, in, in the real world, some people are better than others. Extremely limiting. The video games are extremely, extremely limiting. I imagine having children is like the, the most adventurous thing you could ever do. Like if you want to have a mind adventure, I would imagine that that's interacting and creating a, a human. And then being in a relationship where you can like change your body at will in, in ways you didn't understand that it could be changed. Like. Maybe. Maybe the easiest way to break down what's happening is not authoritarian versus libertarian. It's not multicultural democracy and constitutional republic. It's literally transhumanist versus what's the what's the word for someone who's not a transhumanist? A human. Luddite. Humans. Yeah. They might they'll yeah. call them luddites, but right. That's the negative connotation. What's the other it. word? Like Humanist. troglodytes. Humanism. Yeah, no, humanists. they would call them like they would call them like versus base human or something. Yeah. You know? Cis human. Are you human plus? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna go to a bank and they're like, and are you human plus or are you base human? Uh, right. I'm, I'm human plus. Would you oh, like plug the in your neural, plan? The premium plan. <laughs> plug in your Neuralink and we'll give you the fifty dollar gift card. Like God. so, is it like homo that, cyberneticist? I think is that, that will happen. happen. I think that I stuff will happen. Yep. Yeah. Because we'll all just have little RFID chips in our hands. It's going to get brain hacked, and those people right. are all going to be tracked and in like a uh, hive mind. Yeah, right? they're going to like it, dude. But they want it. They won't know they're in it. They want it. Yeah. They want to chop off their legs and have like special jumpy like, legs. I have total control. What are you talking frog about? Frog legs and shutting down. Yeah, it'll be nuts. Yeah. Have you seen I, Black Mirror? A couple yeah. episodes. Yeah. yeah. There's a really good one about all this sort of crazy. Just load yourself up, or mm-hmm. every time you walk past someone, they they sort of rate you. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, because they can scan. Like, if you have an RFID chip now, it can be scanned, and like people can get the information off your chip. And then someone's going to hack it and be like, mm-hmm. they'll have a real low rating, but they'll make it look like they have a four point eight. <laughs> right. Out of it'll five. be like it'll be like changing <laughs> your report scandalous. card. Mom yeah. will never the, know that I failed chemistry. Now, think, think about what's <laughs> happening. Think about what happened with all the vaccine mandates. 
Now think about what would happen if everyone's hooked up to a two-way uh, computer connection mm-hmm. to your own brain. The government's going to say for everyone's good, you need to involve, uh, you need to install this uh, antivirus software in your Neuralink, and everyone's right. going to go okay, and it's going to literally start go- sending information into your brain. Right, it's so dangerous. And then it's be- going to download. You're not even going to know it's downloading. It'll be yeah. It'll be oh, like going to corrupt. This all person of needs to die. Will be downloaded. Right? Well, it'll- but that is what Elon Musk's Neuralink is all about. That's part right. of it. It's so that you can, you know, it's like the. I'm such a dork. It's like the binars in Star Trek. You know, they have like their whole, (laughs) (laughs) but it's like once everyone is linked by these, by these neural links, uh, there'll be a lot more information that people will have, but there also will be no individuality, no independence, no liberty, no freedom. analogy. You don't think it's the The, binars? No, it's the Borg. Oh, well, there's that too. The binars, I guess, were like, the innocent version. It'll be right. like the Borg, but they're going to think... Because they did have their world computer. That's how it starts. Yeah. They're going to think they're individual. The Borg at least knew they are part of the collective. These people are going to think they're individuals, but they're going to be being controlled. Well, kind of what's queen. happening now with TV and, and commercials and stuff. We're being mm-hmm. manipulated without realizing it. Well, yeah, there was a recent ad. There was a recent Adidas ad that was all about... It was like women in sports... Except it was all, <laughs> it was all about trans women in sports, you know. Really? And yeah, did it show any females? It did show some, but like trans women was like a big part of it. I want to. I want to push. We're gonna do like we have this interesting segue from this conversation into Ukraine. Surprisingly, but it, it, you know, I guess in this day and age, we have a story from Business Insider: how a transgender Ukrainian man escaped Russia's invasion. I painted my nails violet and wore mom's shirt to look more girly. We then have this story from TMZ. Transgender woman, I'm fighting two wars in Ukraine, fears Russians and transphobic Ukrainians. So this is interesting because in the story about the trans woman in Ukraine because of the war, they announced if you are 16, was it 16 to 60 year old uh, man, you could not leave the country. Legally in Ukraine, a trans woman is a man. Whatever your political opinion is on it, that's the view of the Ukrainian government. I do think it's funny that the left is just like totally on board with Ukraine I, I get it. You know, the Russian invasion is a bad thing, but you got like Nazis there and mm-hmm. it's like the government is transphobic, but whatever. So you have this story where this trans woman is like, you know, I'm a woman and I can't leave because of this rule. Then you have this other story about a trans man. So this person is born female, paints their nails and wears feminine clothing to be able to escape the country. To me, it's, it's interesting. You know, I'm wondering, there have been a lot of men, males who fled Ukraine as well as, mm-hmm. as, as, as well as women and Just children. Just like the Titanic. Right. I mean, and I understand if someone's like, I don't want to fight in a war and they want to get out. But this is like your country is being invaded. The interesting the interesting thing to me is I understand these are two unique individuals. We're not talking about a group here, but it is fascinating. The two stories we get out of here are about a biological male and female, a trans man and a trans woman, both trying to flee the country and not Mm -hmm. stay and fight for it. Yeah. I mean, the headline's interesting, isn't it? Fighting two wars. Actually, they're trying to not fight any. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> not the so gender war, not any. We 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 talked about um, Laya Thomas. I think is how it's pronounced. This is the biological male uh, trans woman who's competing against females in college swimming. But at UPenn, yeah, yeah, at UPenn. But there's also a trans man, so someone born female who got top surgery and competes against uh, Isaac uh, Hennig. Isaac Hennig at Yale. So, so my issue is, it's it's. I mean, obviously, the Ukraine thing is a situation of war, life, and death. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, anybody who wants to get out and is worried, we should help these people. Um, when it comes to the college swimming thing, my question to the left, which they have no answer for, and they just insult me, uh, is, 
Okay, so if you're saying that a trans woman is a woman and then should be allowed to compete in the women's division because the women's division is a social construct division, right? Mm-hmm. You say, yes. Okay. Well, Isaac is a man mm-hmm. identifying as a trans man. Therefore, they shouldn't be allowed. And they say, but Isaac's not taking testosterone. Right. Said, That's the excuse. So so, so we're talking about bio- biology or, or society? Pick they one. don't know. Well, whatever suits right. their argument. Well, it, it all flows in one direction. Mm. Like when you, whether it's a trans man or a trans woman, they're both trying to find a way to leave the country. The trans woman says, but I'm a woman. You can't say I'm a man. The trans man says, I'm going to paint my nails and wear women's clothing to what try and get What I don't understand is why is the person who is female but um, trans as a man, why do they have to do anything? Like if they're a female, why wouldn't they just walk over the border? <laughs> so, so the so the interesting I mean, if, thing, well, because the, the thing is, is if you're a female, right, you can have short hair and you can. I know this is crazy, but you can wear a suit. You could wear button-down shirts. You could wear men's shoes if you're a female, and it doesn't change anything about being female. I haven't heard the you women can even can keep be your gay. fingernails super short yeah. and unpainted. And I don't, you still are female. No, no, but I, I think <laughs> what, one of the big issues in the culture war is that, you know, whatever our faction is, we assume too much about the other side's beliefs and understandings of things. I think it's fair to say that they don't think that a woman can have short hair or do these things. Well, no. If, if, if a young girl says, I want short hair and I want to wear blue jeans, they ask the child if the child is trans. Right. They don't now say, they do. Yeah. yeah they, don't, they don't say, well, maybe you just like short hair. Mm-hmm. It's become like if you act it, – it, this is the strange thing to me about it. Maybe I should understand that if you have a child who says – a little boy says, I like dolls, then all of a sudden you have conversations about whether the child's trans when the child doesn't have an understanding of sexuality because they're prepubescent. Right, and they just like stuff. Right. And you yeah. don't even know why they like stuff. Like maybe they like dolls because they like the color or the texture you know, or being able to tell stories with dolls. Stick it in their trucks. I don't know. Sure, stick it in their <laughs> trucks, you know, whatever it is. Right. But uh, we don't ask children what it is that they like. Yeah, the, sometimes the joints of the doll are what make the doll cool. Yeah, they're kind of cool. It doesn't have to do with, like, if it's, it has blonde hair or is a girl. I had one where you press the button on the back and she winked at you. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it was Western Matt, Barbie. Yeah. Matt Walsh brought this up um, after the uh, the Dr. Phil thing he did. He was. He said, if you know, his, if if a little boy or his son came to him and said that he thought he was a girl, he said we'd ask him why. And often you'll hear him say things like, "I want to play with dolls." And he was like, "But boys can play with dolls too." Sure. It's funny because hearing Matt talk about stuff like that, that's like that that used to be progressive. That was the original. That was like much the feminist perspective, right? If you're a woman, you can dress and behave however you want. You can dress the way men stereotypically dress. You can behave the way men stereotypically behave. You can do any of that, right? You can sleep around. You can do whatever. It's fine. Uh, and now we've switched all that up. We yeah. have we have taken the gender stereotypes and embedded them further. Yeah, and it's, it seems like the modern uh, progressive left worldview is that there are social behaviors intrinsic to sex. Isn't it's so it, bizarre. It, yeah, I'm, conf- so I'm, bizarre. I'm just confused. But I gotta be honest, I'm just I don't understand. There was a there was a case uh, discussed on the BBC and a. Uh, a little boy lived with his mum and she had two towels after she had a shower for her hair and her body and one day he said I'd like two towels and she said you don't need two towels so he said but I'm a girl and so she went to bed that night and thought deeply about him being a girl not that he just wanted two damn towels <laughs> um, and then he started on his road to transition at like seven socially transition 
That is and a mess up. It's just so weird. My son uses like four towels. I don't know what he uses like four. I come into the bathroom. Well, I'm like, what? you really needed all these towels? Apparently. Why did she say he didn't need two towels though? He has hair, right? I have no idea. This is her, this is her very brave journey yeah. about discovering yeah. that her son was really a girl. And so but I think she thought that was is, a good thing to say. The, the, I think the question is, you know, what about this child saying that they were a girl is is like confirmation of a trans identity? I mean, obviously for her, like, like, right? So, like, what what makes you think from saying I want two towels to saying that you're a girl makes the leap to their biology is wrong and they need medication or some kind of surgical treatment? Right? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that she well, went to the doctor, though, right? For me. If we assume she hasn't got something like Munchausen's by proxy, mm. um, there is a lot of social status for average people to gain by doing this brave and super wonderful mother. And it is women, unfortunately, it's women that, that go along with this narrative mm. with their kids. It's not so much dads. Well, it's yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, a like feminist fascism. Yeah. So, you know, where we have taken the ideas of feminism and we now impose them by force. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think words, uh, I think this is probably intentional, but words have almost no meaning at this point. Mm, Femi- that's I, correct. What, what does feminism even That was mean? intentional. We were yeah. actually, before we went on tonight, um, Kelly and I were looking at the definition of gender and gender identity on, um, well, like Wexlaw, I think at Cornell. And they're the, they're the same. They basically have the same definition. Which word? Gender and gender. Gender and gender identity yeah. are all about like your perceived self and your innate internal self. Yeah. Which doesn't, which isn't anything. Like it's just absurd. We've, we've I, taken and we gaze in so deeply that we think we see something and I, it, it's not. I just try <laughs> to avoid all of that social argument stuff by just saying sex. Well, that works out. So I'll say like male and female instead of men and women. And then yeah. I'm just like, there you go. Fine. Whatever. It still doesn't work with Canadian hate speech laws. Really? But we're in this really bizarre sort of idea that our bodies are not connected to who we are. I mean, I am my body. If I was, if I was taller, I'm sure I'd be slightly different. If I was a lot shorter, I mean, I I don't know if that's possible, but if I was, (laughs) if I was a lot shorter, I'd be a completely different person. Of course, if I was a man walking around in the world with A, testosterone and B, being a man and being treated like a man, there's a, there's a trans, um, there's not a trans, there's a transaction between me and the society in which I live. And we both kind of find out what and who I am. It's not just up to me and it's not just up to them. And it's bizarre that we're deciding that gender is separate from, that, that your internal sense of self is a social construct, is the most stupid idea and it doesn't make any sense. You know, I was just thinking about someone in prison and maybe how, because people are adaptable and their sense of what I am, like in prison, they're like, what do you, what do you even think I, what are you? Who are you? And then they beat the hell. And like when people are getting like sexually assaulted in prison and like over and over and over and over again by some big guy and it's a guy and he's like, I'm not gay, but I have to create a new reality for who I am in this situation and so they create like a new gender almost to to exist within that without being insane so i i understand that that people that that's happening 
to people. I think it's uh, honestly, if you zoom out, I think it's happening because like there's so many people on earth misproportioned in cities and all these phenyl phthalates in the water and, and pharmaceuticals like making people androgynous and making people kind of, it's Isn't like shaving like a off conspiracy theory. I don't know. It just seems logical. Isn't that isn't that true though that birth control is in public I drinking water? That. Yeah. yeah, pharmaceuticals go into yeah. the toilet true, and though? the pee when people pee them out after they eat the Prozac and then that gets in the water supply. People are all really really messed up, and it might just be a process of the human race kind of shedding its skin. Mm. Look at that. Yeah, it's a. That's a fact. Yep. So we uh, we got the story from Insider. Birth control pills that could add creepy. 10 million doses of hormones to our wastewater every day. Frogs. Some of that estrogen may wind up in our taps. Yep. Yeah, this is a story I heard about a while back. Hormones from birth control pills can travel through showers, toilets, and washing machines to local wastewater facilities. In his book, Troubled Water, activist Seth Siegel writes that birth control pills add more than 10 million doses of synthetic estrogen to U.S. wastewater every day. From there, the hormones could get discharged into rivers and lakes that serve as sources of drinking water. Is only a, only a tiny portion of the estrogen in wastewater makes its way to U.S. taps, but Siegel still thinks we should remove it. Mm. So I think maybe it's a, a bit exaggerated as if you're like turning the tap water on and there's going to be birth control in it. It looks like it could be an issue. We all also, aren't we having a fertility crisis? We are. What is that yeah. all about? Like there's, we just aren't having enough kids. Does there's, it mean that people aren't trying enough or that it's people There's aren't a lot getting... of trying and there's a lot of not having children. Is like, that because they're late? Too late? What? There's older? that. There's like being older. Um, and then there's, uh, being older is one of the things, but there's also been issues of fertility. Like, there's so I don't much have enough junk information. In the food supply, yeah. high fructose corn syrup, aspartame. We have birth control. You have, oh, how many, uh, oxycodone? How many of these pharmaceuticals that are legal mm-hmm. are getting pissed into the water supply? That's kind of crazy. What, do you, what are your guys' thoughts on birth control? I have lots of thoughts on birth control. You want to hear them? Yes. Yes. Uh, so I went on birth control when I was 16. My doctor said that I had polycystic ovarian syndrome and that, uh, I should go on birth control to regulate my cycle. So I did, I did go on birth control. Um, and then I was on it for a very long time. I was on it until I was 32, 32, 33, something like that. And then I went off it because I wanted to have a child. And I had, for that whole period of time, I thought I was depressed. I thought I was maladjusted. I thought I was awkward. I thought I, like, was socially weird. I thought all of these things about myself, that I was, like, morose, miserable. And then I went off birth control, and it literally (laughs) felt like uh, a dam broke in my entire body and in my brain also, where it was like suddenly I could see everything in color. And... I just felt like an entirely different person. And I suddenly really was more outgoing. I liked being around people more. I wasn't really depressed. I mean, I was still miserable because I'm still me. But I wasn't, like, depressed (laughs) about everything. Um, It was shocking. It was so shocking that I had to go back on it within a month. And I had to, like, wait a little bit to go off it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, there, there's, there's, and then it turned out that I didn't have polycystic ovarian syndrome. Jesus. I wasn't infertile. Oh my gosh. There was no reason for me to be on the pill that entire time. And I had suffered from like, for a while I was on this pill where if I went into the sun, I would pass out. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, right. And I was in LA. I was like, this is not working. There's, there's, there's two. I do not recommend birth control. There's two big issues. One is the feminist view that birth control has empowered women because now they're free to function, you know, without fear of pregnancy. Which could potentially hold them back or whatever, but then there's also the fact that 
that our society has mass medicated young women. That's correct. And I'm wondering, have we tracked for the psychological impacts of mass medicating young women? Well, I've gone through, like, I've done a little study of other, you know, essentially upper middle class girls um, in my age group. All of us were put on birth control when we were about 16. Mm. Like, every one of us. And I was like, did you have a reason? Well, my doctor said my periods were weird. And the reason that they say stuff, they give you a reason, is so that your insurance covers it. Right. So my insurance covered it for the so entire they, time. The I doctor just different. wanted you on it? or Yeah, the doctors want 16-year-old upper-middle-class girls in the U.S. on birth control so that they don't have teen pregnancies. Mm. Huh. Mm-hmm. I mean... I guess teen that's pregnancy is a bad thing, but but yeah. like you know that's yes it's it it now I sound crazy, but it, in looking <laughs> at like all of the women I know of that age, oh, it's very like this keeps ha- this has so happened to all of birth us. Birth control makes it harder to have kids, and they're peeing it into the water supply, mm-hmm. and it's harder for people to have kids. Gung <laughs> <laughs> gung, what? <laughs> have you heard of the um, mice utopia utopia oh, experiment all the time? Uh, yes, it's just well when they give mice a lovely place to live. And enough bedding and enough food and enough everything. And eventually the mice go a bit crazy and turn on each other and stop having sex. And Oh, that's like America. <laughs> well, we, <laughs> you just wonder if I, you... I, I was, I, we, we do talk about the, the utopia experiment quite a bit. I think he, he did it, the, the guy did it with mice and rats, like he did one and the other. And um, a, a finite amount of space, but unlimited food and water and then the rat, just to see what they do. And they would have what's called behavioral sync. Where they, their, their rat society would break down and they would start eating each other and killing each other. I was thinking about that because we're effectively running a chicken utopia experiment. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm half kidding, but we launched a YouTube show called Chicken City, which is just live streaming the chickens where they have a large amount of space, unlimited food and water. And we, like, we have no intention of like harvesting the chickens. I'm, I'm wondering if we will see something break down or if chickens will just, you know, not be like they're different. You know, different species. I wonder if it's different from, you know, mammals, the birds. Do they have a limited space? They do. Yeah. It's big though. It's, it's a big, big space. Right. But, uh, uh, the, the, the rats and the mice had limited space, but it was a decent amount. What was interesting is that in those experiments, they would all cluster in one bunch in one area and not utilize the full space they were given. Mm. So yeah. I just wonder if we lack purpose. Mm. You know, I, I just look at, you know, if my kids ever talk about millionaires, uh, Sort of Kardashian-style millionaires, and I'm like, yeah, but are they what billionaires? They? They're billionaires, right? Well, billionaires, millionaires, <laughs> billionaires, just a lot more than me. But I'd sort of look at them and I think, what's the purpose of their day? Like, what are they striving for? And do we, as human beings, need something to strive for? Because if you've got nothing to to aim for, to go for, to move forward for, then don't you just stay still and you, then just you, become unhappy? Yes. So I had a friend who became a millionaire when he was like 16. And he said that he had an existential crisis right. because all of a sudden, it, it's not just the fact that he was rich and could buy anything he wanted. It was that all of a sudden he was like the Lord of everyone, right. the way people treated him. He no longer had uh, uh, like teachers who would tell him he was wrong. All of right. a sudden it was like, hey, let me get that for you. Oh, you're so smart. Wow, look what you've done. And he said that you know it happens to all of these guys in tech who become millionaires rather quickly because mm. they like write a code, write a program, and then overnight it sells, and then now they're worth three million bucks, and they're sitting at this massive bank account, thinking, "What do I do now?" Like you wrote the code, you wrote the program, you solved the problem, and now you're rich. But they never, they never did this work because they were trying to get money. They were trying to accomplish something, 
and they become listless, depressed. They sleep all day. He told me that eventually most of them, it'll, they'll go like six months to a year and then finally normalize and then, you know, their mm-hmm. happy, happiness stabilizes and they try and find their next mission or whatever. But I think that, that it, you know, hearing that story and then think about the fact that I think most people in the United States today are living like kings mm-hmm. may be why yeah. we're dealing with this collapse, this behavioral sink. I, I definitely think the U.S. is dealing with behavioral sink, like mm. much like the right utopia. I think, you know, you've got, I've seen it with like Occupy Wall Street. All of these people protesting, this is, you know, now almost 11 years ago or why? 10 years ago. When I went to, when I was in Brazil and many who listen to this show probably heard me tell the story, but forgive me because I haven't told it to Kelly. When I went to Brazil, I was in the favelas and I met, you know, the favelas are shanty towns. They're, they fall apart in the rain. And, uh, so one of the, the, the woman asked me in Portuguese a question and it was translated, why are the rich people protesting in the United States? And I said, <laughs> it's a very good question, <laughs> but I said, I don't understand. They're not. And then she asked and he was like, Oh, she's, she's asking about like Occupy Wall Street. And I was like, Oh, those were like college kids, kids with debt, city, people living in cities. And she laughed. She's like, <laughs> the Americans are all rich. Her, her question was like, I think it was probably like mistranslated. She wasn't saying, why are specifically the American rich people protesting? She was saying something like, why would Americans who are rich protest about this stuff? And it's really interesting because I'm like, Hey, you're preaching to the choir, man. I, I'm like, if you got air conditioning in a refrigerator, you're living better than Rockefeller did a hundred years ago. So we're all basically taken care of. What do we do with our lives? Create problems, you know, mm. complain about stuff. I sometimes think you get to the top of uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and then it inverts. Yeah. And then uh, we're just heading for <laughs> just doomed. So Kim Kardashian came under a lot of fire that I didn't think she deserved because recently she said something along the lines of you need to work hard. And everyone's like, oh, you're rich. You don't know what it's like. But she keeps herself busy. Didn't she go to law school? Like, she didn't just like... She didn't go to law school, but she has been reading law. Right, Doing this other different way to get a law degree. She has a company, right? And she's doing all this different stuff. I completely agree. Like, you should be staying busy no matter how much money you make. And especially if you get richer. It's like The Matrix, you know? In the the first Matrix, Agent Smith tells Morpheus, he's like, the first world we designed was perfect, but the human mind rejected it because it craves conflict and struggle. It's like, yeah. Without it, people become almost deranged. Well, also, we we have a lack of, so I'm what you call a gold star atheist. I've never believed in God. Um, But I think the organized religion and the uh, mutual purpose of people and collective purpose of heading towards an afterlife, of actually trying to do good uh, for something that you can never touch. I think that also has, has left us wanting. And I think the, where we've looked is within our narcissistic little bodies. Yeah, I think that's nice. right. We have turned in and we, we worship the self where we used mm. to worship God. And mm. now we do. We do worship the self. And we have uh, removed the soul. We've extricated the soul and replaced it with gender. Ah, oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's interesting that the culture war has made a lot of people like theist or mm. whatever. I've got a theology degree, so I'm a, oh. I have a vested interest in. You're an atheist from a theology degree. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, that, that's, I love this. That, that sounds right. I want to hear everything you're an atheologist? more. Atheologist? Yeah, tell me about it. Atheologist. <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. No, I, I, think that, I think that makes sense. If you're going to be an atheist, know what you're talking about. Well, yeah. I thought I'd find some. So, for a start, I thought university because 
I'm an idiot, was going to be like Kids from Fame, which is probably way too old a reference for any of you. I liked that. Um, I liked the show. Liked so you just show. sit in an individual chair and you'd all sort of discuss these really meaty topics. It wasn't quite like that, but I, I just thought there may be universal truths. And if I study theology, I may find universal truths and then I may examine my own belief system, but that didn't actually happen. However, I do think the universal truths of human beings absolutely needing something above and beyond themselves is something that now we're finding out to our peril. Yeah. Do you think above and beyond like a partner? I think anything that, that makes you put yourself a little bit last. Mm. Um, whether that be family, community, let's, you know, whilst we've lost our organized religions, uh, in the UK probably more than in the US, but, and it's no mistake that in poor countries they still are very religious. So whilst we've lost our religions, we've also lost our sort of touch, touch your parents because they're just next door mm-hmm. kind of culture. We don't have communities. We've all moved away from each other. Many people live tens of miles, if not hundreds or thousands of miles away from their parents. And I just don't, I just think these real things that you can reach out and touch are things that we desperately need. Doesn't it, doesn't it feel almost like it's intentional? I mean, think about it. The idea that you turn 18, move out, move away from your parents, separate mm. from your family. Go off to college. You go to college. What happens? You get a bunch of strangers indoctrinating you in these institutionalized learning facilities. It just seems like a lot of things that have happened over the past 60, 70 years have effectively orchestrated the downfall of the family and our society. I'm not saying yeah, it is That's really interesting. I'm saying it's yeah. just like you've got people who heavily advocate for separating yourself from your community, from your family. I just think that's interesting. When I when I was looking at college and stuff, my mom wanted me to go to college very far away. We lived in Philadelphia. I had only lived with my mom for two years. I didn't know her that well. I didn't really grow up with her. Um, and she was like, you should go to California. You should go somewhere far away for college. And I was like, I'll go to New York. Like, I'll go, you know, but I'm not. How far do you really want me to go? Like, I still, I barely know you. I don't have a home anywhere. You know, I was totally rootless. Mm-hmm. And so I landed in New York and it's still a situation where I have, I feel like I have no roots anywhere. I feel like I have like, when I look around, you guys know I've had this struggle of, should I stay? Should I go in New York? And it's like, I don't know where I'd go. If there was a place where I could go home, if it was like, oh, I could just go back home, I would do that. But I don't have, I don't have any like place that is the home that I know. Other than New York City. It's weird. I had that growing up. We would go, my dad's mom, my grandma, we lived like eight blocks away. So we would go there every four days a week, three days a week, two days a week, whatever. That's awesome. And then I moved in college. I left the state and I now I haven't seen my parents. I see them once every two years or something. It doesn't feel right. I was just talking to my mom yesterday about that. Just It's only a six hour drive, but like it doesn't have that feeling of we're going to pop over to my grandma's house. On the weekend, let's 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 we we can sort of bring up the the don't say gay lie mm. that the hoax from the Democrats. Mm. The bill in Florida's true intent was to make sure parents are informed about what's happening with their kids. The left lied and claimed it was don't say gay. I know we've mentioned it several times, but I think this is you know relevant to what we're talking about. If if they're using these manipulations to try and stop transparency, one of the things in the bill is that teachers can't discourage children from talking to their parents. That's because correct. one of the things these teachers are doing is telling the kids not to talk to their parents. Mm. It just seems like there's a lot of external pressures on people to sever themselves from community, family, religion, etc. Ultimately, you, you add in the, the, the transhumanist factor or the neural link and the metaverse. And what you end up with is 
in order, it feels like in order for there to be like a metaverse, you would need these things beforehand. Yeah. In order to get your hands on, on kids, you need to break up the family and the, right. the strongest connection, uh, pardon me for saying is, uh, mothers and children. And surrogacy is a massive thing that totally separates the idea that mothers carry children and have children and raise and nurture infants. And so all of it is, there's not much that we're doing that actually reinforces the family. And I know the family in America has got the uh, weird connotations of family, traditional, like homophobic. If you mention family values, all of a sudden you're saying something anti-gay. Um, but it's, it's just really interesting. If I was a predator, if I was a nasty predator, pre- predatory pedophile, I would absolutely love the segregation of, of children from families yes. and, and mothers from children and disempowering mothers. And there's no greater way to disempower mothers than actually rob women of all of their rights and power and vocabulary. Of all of their rights as a mother. Yeah. To yeah. even call yourself a mother. Yeah. It's, it's shockingly horrifying to see how this is going on. And then you have school districts like in Florida, there's a couple of cases. Um, I was talking to a woman, uh, January Littlejohn the other day who was suing her school district, um, because they started their, her daughter on the road to gender transition and didn't tell the family. So wow. another family in Florida where they didn't know that their child was exploring gender identity at school until the child tried to kill herself yeah. in the bathroom at the school. Well, and then th- it that- turned out that they were keeping, they were having like secret gender identity meetings. And the that idea. That was Florida, right? That was Florida. Which precipitated the parental rights bill. Right. Where they clearly need it. Yep. You know, so you have the situation where educators and administrators think that it's their job to help children keep secrets from their parents because all parents are going to be abusers. And they even said in that one case in Florida, well, the family is Catholic, so they're automatically going to be abusive and non-understanding. And the father was like, uh, what our religion teaches us to love our children. Like, I, I kind of just <laughs> feel know? like, you know, whether it's intentional or not, over the past several decades, there's been a major push for the precursor of transhumanism. I mm-hmm. think it's for sure yeah. intentional. I find that if we're divided into subsects of classes in this species that we have, we have the the elite and the plebeians, which is everyone else. And it's really a class of elite, whatever you want to call them, where they, they are family tight. They are knit units where they like the children run the business that the dad ran and they're always in contact and they're flying on their jets to see each other and their their kids know their parents. And then you got everybody else, man, and they're just mm-hmm. letting the wild animals graze right now. I just, I just kind of realized something. You know, I used to make the joke that the future is going to be everybody with shaved heads wearing jumpsuits or giant, you know, cones over their bodies so that no one can tell because if you, you know, uh, um, like Kurt Harrison, Harrison yeah. uh, Bergeron is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Ber- Ber- Bergeron. Harrison Bergeron. Yeah, Bergeron. Yeah. Uh, and then I just realized why that's wrong because people are going to plug themselves into the neural linked metaverse. Where you are just a gray blob. And everyone will then just be the same generic avatar. I don't think they, they will be the same avatar. I think no, you no, get no, to no. pick to your start. avatar. Oh, to start, yeah. To start, sure. everyone's going to be the <laughs> yeah, same. For sure. So it'll be the blank slate ideology. And then you have to every- grind for your, for your outfits and your stuff. Here's the interesting thing about it, though. If you take every single human being and erase their minds, or if you do this, if you take one million babies and you... Put them in the metaverse where they all start off as genderless, you know, jumpsuit wearing little humans and they grow and develop. And then, you know, around the time that they're 10 or whatever, it's like, now choose your gender and they can just pick. I'll tell you this. You would find 
a massive correlation between biological sex and internal digital world gender. <laughs> so they can, so, so if you take a kid and raise them in, you know, the metaverse, mm-hmm. I, I would be willing to bet there's like a 98% chance that kid would be like, I'm a boy or I'm a girl. They would decide it or they would be it. What I'm saying is if you ask, if you take a child, a baby, and mm-hmm. put them in the metaverse, right, where they never experience the real world and they have no gender, then at 12 years old, they go to school, you mm-hmm. ask them, which gender would you choose? They would likely choose their biological sex. The one they actually are. Right. Yeah. So even in the metaverse. They'd also really need to stretch out. They'd be like, this feels uncomfortable. Well, their, their brain is neuralink. They wouldn't, <laughs> right. they wouldn't know that they're trapped in a pod. So they, they wouldn't would be, even know that they have a body? No. They, and, and so, I mean, they probably would. I think if we enter this transhumanist reality where everyone is a blank slate and everyone's born this way, mm-hmm. you're gonna, it's, it's gonna like, you're gonna have a million babies. They're gonna, they're gonna grow up and then you're gonna see a 98% correlation with biological sex of the physical world body and the chosen gender in the metaverse. Is it? Oh, go ahead. So, well, I was just gonna say, look, because I'm, I'm far too hopeful to think this is the future <laughs> for human beings. But also, it, even if you're right, there's only gonna be a certain number of people that can afford to join the, the, you don't think, the metaverse? Everybody's got a cell phone. It's only, it's only a matter of time. It'll start with the rich people, but then give it 10 years and it's going to be a $20 metaverse pass. And what about the people that are religious and are family connected in countries like India? See, uh, I actually, I'm working on a TV show. Mm. Yeah, so I can't say too much, but it basically explores the idea that there are a lot of people who will not take the Neuralink and a lot of people who want it. And what Ian mentioned is there's kind of divergence happening within human evolution right now where you're going to have, what you said, homo cyberneticist or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Homo cybernetic versus homo sapien. And you're going to have a lot of people who are like, this is the real world. We love our family. We believe in God. It's interesting because we're now facing the real prospect of a divergence between the human species by choice almost, by right. ideology. So, Did you read uh, yeah. E.M. Forrester's The Machine Stops? Mm-mm. So basically that's what happens in the, in that it's like a little novella. Um, and it, I think he wrote it in like 1914 or something ridiculous like that. And basically there's people in pods and uh, all of their information comes to them through this view screen. And there's a machine that they can ask to bring them food and whatever it is that they need. But this one guy reaches out to his mom and his, the way that he has a mother is that the machine set her up with this guy and they had a child and then the child was taken to like a nursery pod where it was raised. But anyway, he reaches out to his mom and he's like, I would really like to breathe some clean air. They live underground in this thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw a movie that was basically this. Maybe yeah. It was, but but this it's interesting because in the book, there is this one guy who's like, no, I'm not doing this. What is that? What's, he was raised in that, in that environment and he comes to it on his own that he doesn't want to live like this. And he eventually makes it to the surface of the earth. Where he dies from the poison air. But he tries. (laughs) He tries. I mean, it is kind of a happy ending because he's like, I made it. I see the sun. I see, you know. Well, so, so, uh, for everybody listening, maybe you can, you guys, the audience is always really good at helping me out with this. There's a a show. It might be Electric Dream. Was it Electric Dreams? Is that what the show was called? But, uh, I watch all these different sci-fi anthology shows. It's a kid who lives in this, you know, pod. Where he plays video games all day and he interacts with, interacts with his mom over text chat and they just play platform video games and food is automatic. And then one day his pot breaks and he has no, no choice but to go outside where he thinks the air is toxic, but it's not. And then he goes to his mom and he knocks on the door and she's freaking out like, what is going on? Why is there a person here? It sounds very similar to what you were describing, but it's, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, it sounds similar. I think it's a, yeah. I think it's a similar theme in, in literature. 
I wonder if you're going to have like humans on Mars that are neuralinked, humans on Mars that aren't, humans on Earth that are neuralinked, humans on Earth that aren't, and you'll have like four different species, and then they'll all go to war, and one of them will become the predominant species. Would you do it? Would you neuralink in? Yeah, you would do it. Yeah. Some people are saying it was electric dreams. I've been clearing my mind. I'm practicing meditation where Mm -hmm. you have no thought for like ow. I could have like no thought for an hour. And the metaverse is going to be really important because they're going to be trying to read your thoughts. Mm-hmm. So you got to like the end of Ghostbusters where like, don't think of anything. And he thinks of the marshmallow man. Right. He sure does. Don't think <laughs> of anything. You need a clear thought or they're going to be controlling them. Uh-huh. So do you think then in this, in this happy future that we're all looking at that those in maybe authoritarian religious countries, will they be less likely to hook up? I don't know about that. It's a great way to control the population. Mm. Yeah. So they might just say, we'll create our own isolated introverse mm. where everyone can, you know, f- it, it depends on whether you think the people who run, you, do you think the people who lead Iran are actually religious or they just want power and control? Well, I think they're both. Because then if, if, if it's just about power and control, they'll say whatever they have to and absolutely would adopt a metaverse-like system. If they're actually religious, they probably would resist depends on how religious or how they interpret their religion. Oh, yeah. There will be religions in the metaverse and stuff where it's like it, it becomes a religion. You know the funniest thing is worship like a golden calf. It would be hilarious if we're actually in it right now. And <laughs> what I think will happen is some people will start will, they'll start metaversing, government, military, and then they'll see it's so powerful to be able to control the machines with your thoughts that uh, even the f- most religious zealous will start doing it because it's mm. either that or die. Like don't fall behind. On the technology, it's a weapon. It can be used as a as a weapon for sure. If we were in it right now, I don't think my children would be so rude. <laughs> but, but, but if you know, what I mean, Point you might not know. You know, you just you know maybe maybe uh, we're the remnants of a post apocalyptic civilization that destroyed the planet and purposefully chose to put ourselves in a matrix so that we can live. Oh, that's such a road to hell. <laughs> Crazy. That whole thought process is yeah. That's a that's a spiral into. I do. I don't think we are. I, I just only because I have no evidence. I don't think we're not. I just don't think we are. No, I agree with that. But I do think it really does feel like that's the direction we're going in. You've got people who jump from one cause to another. You see what Elon Musk tweeted? Yeah. I, I support current thing. It's the NPC meme holding the Ukrainian flag with right. all the other flags around it. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's a great point. I'm wondering what, what it is that has created this large group of millions of people who are mindless drones. Makes me wonder, what if... Well, I'll put it this way. I think those people are absolutely going to Neuralink and go into the, the metaverse and just live and sure. march in lockstep. I also wonder if if it's true that we are living in some kind of simulation. Maybe we're the people who are actually in the pods and they actually are NPCs. You know. Oh, the whole NPC <laughs> thing? I watched yeah. that show Free Guy the other day. That yeah. movie yes. with my son. He was like, we should watch this. Because uh, I was telling him that I thought um, I was telling him that I thought the whole NPC concept was really wild and I, and I was like what if there's NPCs in real life and he was like yeah I've been thinking about that we should watch this movie and I'm like you're 11 you came up with this already yeah, oh, nice. yeah. I think people can like go into NPC mode and then mm-hmm. snap back out of it and all of a sudden they have sentience again they're like oh my gosh what have I done sometimes I'll even wake up and be like wow what was I doing yesterday I was in like a 
a weird fog yesterday and today. I don't know. I had this weird thing during COVID where like it took me a little while to realize that this was going on. But, you know, we were like locked down and you couldn't go anywhere and everything was closed. And I started to like just not want to move. I just didn't want to move at all. And then I realized like, oh, you have this weird idea that if you just stop moving – this whole thing will be over sooner. Yeah. Oh, we have a correction. Kyle Billing says the movie I was referring to was twenty one forty nine, The Aftermath, and I, I remember now. That's that oh, was I'm going to write that down. Yeah, that's it. A, sounds basically like what you talked about. Yeah. The air was poisonous, and he was in a pod or whatever. Twenty one forty nine, The Aftermath. Yeah, oh, you yeah. know, you know, what movie is also cool. Totally, totally irrelevant is Time Trap. I don't know that. That movie's great. Cool name. <laughs> yeah. You think it's, people are in such a state of panic right now that they're just kind of like head down, wait for this all to end, wait for the whole. War in Iraq to end. Wait for the COVID to end. Wait Russia, for all the pain, the world all, all the things I'm afraid of. Yeah, wait for the alien invasion that hasn't been false flagged on us yet to end. Well, we really want things to end. Like as a culture, it seems like we I don't, are really but some people. No, think so. I don't want things to end either. But like, I feel like our culture is really gearing up for just being like, and that's it. We burned ourselves out. That's it. Enough it's gravity. Over. Gravity hurts. Well, Let's it? end yeah. it. Was it, I think Seamus came up with the joke. We we're talking about what the future would be like. And he was like, wouldn't it be funny if it's like 200 years in the future and everything's just the same? And some guy like gets in a time machine and goes to the future and he comes out and everything looks normal like it was when he left. <laughs> no. And he's like, he asked someone what year it was. And they're like, oh, it's 2222. And he's like, but everything's the same. And they're like, that was it. Like, that was, that was all our ideas. We ran out. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> nothing else after that. We kind of yeah. just, you know, just, there's, there's, there's a bunch of more McDonald's, but you know, other than that, nothing real. Beyond the kiosk. Right. It's like a Mike Judge movie. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> for sure. They, they, they've talked about the end of the world for the millennia since the beginning of humanity. Someone's out there like, it's all coming to an end. We're this is it. constantly obsessed with the end. There's this play. I think it's called American Dream. Maybe it's not, but it's uh, by this playwright, Len Jenkin, who's this New York playwright. And at the end of this sort of wild romp, all of these characters just start saying, I don't care about philosophy. Just tell me how it ends. Mm. I don't care about philosophy. I gotta, I gotta be honest. I'm at the point where I'm like, I feel like we've reached this, a a certain number of seasons of humanity to where they're doing reruns. Yep. You know, kind of sucks. Yeah. It's just a repeat. (laughs) And then it's just like, okay. It's like, it's like watch. I went and saw the Batman like this past weekend. They call it the Batman. That's like what the movie is called. The Batman. But the Batman is like a common thing. Yeah. It's been around. Like that, that, that phrase has been around for a long time. The Batman. Uh, Yeah. There's like cartoons. There's a cartoon called The Batman. There's comics, Mm -hmm. The Batman. But, uh, uh, that was. If I could have any superpowers, it would be Batman's because he's just rich. Well, actually, his superpower is defined as peak human because he's trained on the mountaintops and he's master of like ninjutsu and he's also rich. I would just uh, really go with the, once we got the rich part, I'd be okay. Yeah. But I, but I, I, I I digress. Uh, That that was a movie where I was, you know, it starts off like pretty good and then slowly gets worse, but never ends. It just doesn't stop. (laughs) It's like we've caught the bad guy and I'm like, well, it's finally over. And there's an an act four and I'm like, okay. And then they introduce a whole bunch of random plot elements and I'm like, okay, at this point, and I, and I feel like that was a great, that movie was a great way to understand life in the past decade. Mm. Oh, you think it's over and it just keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But but no, no, but, but, but more and more absurd. Yeah. Like, you know, we went from, we've got a pandemic. With then we got so a pandemic started. Get this. Let's let's recount the past yeah. couple of years. A <laughs> pandemic starts. All right, 
everyone's like, we're, we're shutting down. The president, who's Donald Trump, by the way, gets on TV <laughs> and says, okay, we're going to be banning travel with Europe. And we're, and I'm sitting there with my friends and we're like, whoa, it's getting serious. And then two months later, the biggest riots we've seen in five decades, right. billions of dollars in damage, 30 yeah. plus dead. And I'm like, isn't a pandemic happening? And then we're like, whoa, 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 back to the pandemic. And then I'm like, okay, that didn't end. Now we're, now we're, that, then intermittent in all of that is like escalation of civil war, people being killed in the streets. And it's like, man, the more we see this stuff, the more it feels like the country is going to collapse. And then all of a sudden World War Three starts. Huh. Right. It's just like, okay, it, it really feels like someone, you know. And who, you have the new president. Just go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I know. The president's <laughs> Joe Biden now. It's like we thought it was funny that Donald Trump was the president because he's like a TV reality star. And now we have Joe Biden, who is who is a, a, essentially a, a, a Mr. Magoo. Yeah, like, he is this Mr. Is, Magoo. He also he sits up there. He hardly says he like looks at you with his little slinty <laughs> eyes. And then he whispers, you know, he's and like, yells. it's not going to be World War Three. We're not sending troops into Ukraine. Have you guys seen the South Park episode where? It turns out Earth is a reality show, oh, and the aliens are just like we we're we're done with the show, so they're gonna blow the Earth up. It's like it's, you know thir- three thousand seasons, and we're just done. That's a fun thing in sci-fi where the Earth is actually just totally irrelevant, and they're gonna pave it over for a highway, yeah. like, like in Hitchhikers and yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think is gonna be the next thing then when oh normal people get peaked into understanding that they're being massively lied to? So. I I don't I don't know if that'll happen. Neural I think it is happening. See, I I so because of what I do and I defend women's rights, then I'm used to the media peddling what I call lies uh, <laughs> about really important. What you funda- call? <laughs> what are? What are lies? Factually um, lies. And and I'm I'm kind of used to that. I'm used to our politicians going along with uh, telling absolute silly lies about biological sex and what words mean. But then we had the pandemic in which that sort of really propelled more lies Mm -hmm. and narratives and really obvious, overt, kind of dishonest narratives. And now we've got the war in Ukraine, which because of all these these lies, I think people are finding it really difficult to believe anything that's being told by the mainstream media. and so where where the hell next? Well, on Thursday, I don't know if you saw this, the White House invited uh, 30 TikTok, TikTok stars yeah. <laughs> to to give them Amazing, the propaganda yeah. lines yes. about the war in Ukraine. Is that like when they Biden peddled got the whole, Cardi B? Oh, gosh, oh my yes. goodness. <laughs> yeah. So they, you know, what what could be next? What could be next? I think actually we have a lot of stuff going on with uh Voting rights. I wonder if that could be part of it. Like the there's like oh, I'm not going to get into all that. What do you, do you well? That's a mess. I, I don't though. think that's big enough. Like yeah, you know, COVID was huge and engulfed everyone. Black Lives Matter was huge and engulfed mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. Now World War Three or whatever that'll call engulf it. everyone. Yeah. So well, that will be the aliens? third thing, right? No. That was my first. I was aliens, but I think it's too obvious now. I think, <laughs> you Joe, think it's too <laughs> obvious. Like that's just not going to be the plot point because yeah, we know well, about talking plasma. Too, yeah, it's just obvious. Too obvious. Yeah, but not, not – I, I, it feels like, you know, we live in a reality where someone is trying to keep people entertained, you know? Mm. And it's just like, okay, regular human yeah. human civilization That's wasn't working. Elite, Let's ramp things the up. The elite are trying to keep the plebs entertained. Or or it's, you know, in 2016, the Large Hadron Collider fired up for the first time. Is that what happened? Right before Trump yeah, got elected. That and was then, wild. Um, now we're just in this crazy multiverse of madness. Doctor Strange is you – know, Maybe that's sort of an interesting – do you imagine he's cloned? Clone? <laughs> oh my goodness. Like Dolly the Sheep in the yeah. UK. Yeah. That, that didn't go well. 
Well, I think there's like ten different Bidens. There's all just different yeah. clones. Mm. Probably different this, teeth. Probably this different teeth. War <laughs> thing is going to keep ramping up, right? What probably, is? Probably the war is going to keep ramping up. The and, Ukraine thing. Yeah. I, th- I think. I think. I, we, I, I think we that. are headed towards hot war between NATO and Russia for sure. Yeah, I think the, that that's that's what we're looking at. Well, so let, let me let me give you guys a direct reference. I don't know if I actually. I'm pretty sure I pulled it up. But uh, uh, maybe we can send the TikToks. Here we go. Yeah. So this is just a general update from Daily Mail. It's not going to be World War Three. This is all a bluff. Democrats and Republicans ramp up demands to Biden to send Polish MiG-29 fighter jets to Ukraine because Putin is escalating every day. We also have Estonia, the first NATO country formally through parliament calling for a no-fly zone over Ukraine. Every day, we're inching closer and closer to some reason the U.S. or NATO has to be involved in this. And now we're getting these stories. On March 11th, ABC News reported that Russia was moving in with biochem suits. Why would they say that? Because what they don't just come out outright and say, yeah. Russia fired a biological weapon. They say, remember last week when we saw the Russians wearing those bio suits? This is why. Mm. And now already NATO, uh, some US official has said, it's a, effectively, you know, a red line, you know, it's crossing the line. It's a red line for NATO if Vladimir, Vladimir Putin uses chemical weapons. Well, Biden Depends said that last week. Sorry. He said uh, he was asked by reporters when he gave his little speech on Friday. I think it was Friday. Um, about what if Putin uses biochemical weapons and biden said there would be a severe price but you also have the white house saying that uh, a biochemical weapons attack from russia would be a false flag they also talk about that already yeah they're talking about all kinds of stuff it's very hard to i mean i I cover the news every day we don't cover a lot of like what's going on on the ground in ukraine at post-millennial um we're not foreign policy experts so we don't cover that um, we cover what's going on in the U.S. about it. We cover what's going on in Canada about it. But, like, we're reading all of this stuff every day. We're trying to figure out what's going on. We're trying to understand it. And it gets more and more confusing all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like it's hard to know what's going on. We don't speak the language. It's very clear that you have two sides there that are very well-versed in how to create propaganda wars. And they're doing it. And we don't know what's what. It's all lies, man. Both both, both parties, every party to this, whether it's China, mm-hmm. whether it's Russia, the U.S., has a reason to lie. And it's just impossible to know what's going on. They, they, you've got these people on Twitter, you've got these people in media, even people on Fox News, you know, are, 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 it, it feels like the, the personalities on Fox News are trying to remain as close to the populist American message of we don't like war as possible while still crop dusting Vladimir Putin is, is crossing that line and something needs to be done. Mm-hmm. But I think Fox News knows their audience would be like, no war. Like, you know, we're not going to play that game. But Fox News is one of the outlets that keeps sort of talking about how there should be a new no fly zone. No, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I was watching The Five and I was watching Jesse Waters and Brett Baer. Jesse Waters is like out there being smug, like, hey, we well, should have a no fly zone. That's Jesse. I mean, Jesse. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> no, for sure. But it, but it does feel like, you know, even Greg Gutfeld's, you know, somewhat like, I don't know what's going on or what they're saying. You turn on like MSNBC and Rachel Maddow is just like, do as the cult says. Well, I mean, she's not really on TV anymore, but you get right. the point. I mean, I discussed before we came on that a guy on the BBC uh, stood and gave a piece to camera with dead Russian soldiers mm. by his feet. Wow. I mean, we're just in really nasty realms of dehumanizing soldiers, which I'm I'm guessing didn't have much of a say in whether or not Russia went into Ukraine. I don't, I don't, it's remarkable to me how we keep hearing this narrative that Russia's losing. But then, like, when you actually look at the details, it's like, oh, Russia, Russia, Russia's expanding. You know, like, the media keeps showing these small stories of victories for Ukraine. 
you know, there's one video going viral. It's like Russian convoy ambushed and mm. one tank gets hit. And then you see all those little stories. But then the big picture is Russia gains more ground. Russia takes over a city. I was in South Korea a couple of years ago. And um, forgive me, my South Korean family and friends. Uh, I went to this museum about a great South Korean general. And it was it was funny to me because it was like this was a great naval leader who led South you know Korea because it was a, it was like you know ancient time battles so it was all of Korea in in great war against Japan or something, and I noticed something interesting. It was like in the first battle a great you know five hundred ships confronted each other, and then it was like you go to the next historical slide and it's like the great general leading fifty ships against the three hundred won a decisive <laughs> victory. Then you go to the next one and it's like his twelve ships led a decisive victory against the you know the three hundred or whatever. And I'm like. Okay, so so hold on. Like, you're omitting the nine out of ten times he lost mm. and only showing me the one out of ten times he won. It's, you know, that, that's kind of what it feels like is happening here with Ukraine. Right. They show all these little victories, but yeah. the bigger picture is Russia is slow rolling and, and moving in and taking over. But what's the, what's the aim with those lies? Is it to, is it to make Putin really angry <laughs> that we're talking about him being a loser? I think demoralize the Russian troops so not, that they fight worse. Maybe, right. but I don't think they're watching this stuff. I think it's more so to convince the American people that we can and will win. Yeah, that does that. And too. then when there's more a chemical def- attack, they can be like, "Oh no, look, guys, you know we're winning, but we got to end it now because of what Russia just did." And then all of a sudden, you know, Russia is winning. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, NATO comes in, flattens Russia. Oh, I so can't. It do just you seem, think NATO. So you think NATO is going to just go in? NATO has do? thirty thousand. Like, NATO has thirty thousand troops right now in Norway doing war games, and fifty yeah. warships moved into the region, which is uh, it's, it's it's the Baltic Sea. It borders Russia, and it's kind of like, is that a coincidence? Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they they want to cancel this this ICBM test right. to deescalate things, but then send thirty thousand troops mm-hmm. for a war game. You know, with fifty warships. I don't think they're up there for war games. I think they needed a reason to send all those troops and get them ready. And just leave them there. Yeah. Yeah. Because Russia's been amassing troops. We know that. Right. We know that. That's for a long time. I was in a cab, actually, recently with a friend of mine, um, and the it was an Uber. And the Uber driver was like, really, we were like, hey, how you doing? And he was like, uh, I actually just got word today that I'm shipping out what? in a couple days. I put in for my retirement. In August, and now instead they're shipping me to Germany. Wow! Oh. Yeah, jeez, to Germany. Yeah, interesting. I'm really curious what you guys think it, of Trevor Noah coming out and saying, basically, if Trump were in charge, this would not be happening. And he thinks that Biden probably wishes he could bring Trump in as president wild card. To get did he? Wait, he Trevor did. Noah wow. said that? You yeah, he sure that? did. Wow. It was pretty Shocked. amazing. We covered really that. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. I Bill, Bill Maher said something similar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Trump said to I think uh, Sean Hannity the other night that he said something to Putin that made Putin clear that he should not invade Ukraine. It was probably something like, "I'm, I'm a crazy man, and I might just." Nuke, yeah. He said he would nuke Moscow. Right. Yeah. Trump came. So this is the craziest thing because I think it's insane. And I, it's one of the things that worries me about Trump. But if it works, I guess. The initial reporting was that New York Post ran a story saying Trump reportedly told she and Putin. Mm-hmm. He told Putin, if you go into Ukraine, I will hit Moscow. He told she, if you go into Taiwan, I will hit Beijing. Right. And both See, leaders were like shocked. Uh, but hold on. Trump then came out and bragged. I told him I would nuke Moscow. And he knew I meant it. And I'm like. Oh, he's oh like he believed it maybe like 5%, but that's all you need. Yeah. Is that what he but said? I mean, yeah. the, <laughs> thing, <laughs> the thing too, though, is like the the benefit of having Trump as president, like uh, 
he was essentially an anti-war president. The benefit of having him as president was that he was so unpredictable right. and crazy that no one knew what he was going to do. He was like the homeless guy on a corner with a knife and crazy crack eyes. <laughs> True. You know? So America was like this crazy, unpredictable yep. nation with, with nukes run by, well, with, No, it's with like what? someone with handed what? him an AR. Right. And, and no, then he has a grenade like, in one hand and the pin is over <laughs> here. Yeah. I think he was a predictable man. He I think he was, was. a predictable, large shouldered kind of bullish bloke I think you knew exactly what he was going to do he which is which was, a crazy thing well I think I think he'd I think he'd out oh I can't I'm trying not to swear he'd um, if it was a, a urinating contest uh-huh. he would always be the the guy to win yeah, yeah. so yes, I think that's correct I I think he, Americans should have felt safer in his hands than I felt, ever yeah. in Biden's. He, he, I felt safer he, with a crazy man at the helm than somebody who's eminently reasonable. Well, a crazy guy that but wants Biden's to win. Not, Biden's sleepy. He kind of created he's, like a yeah, crazy persona Trump did, but and it worked in cases like with Putin, thought he, maybe he would hit Moscow with a nuke, but it, the American people believed it. They bought into it as well. So they thought he was crazy. Half of them thought he was really crazy. I feel like turned out he was one of the more stable presidents yeah, I militarily. I, I feel like Trump was the kind of guy to where you could you could brag about doing something that's kind of like amoral or <laughs> well, he did. No, 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 not not Trump. I'm saying oh, okay. if you said something like Trump could never beat me in a pissing contest, Trump would be like, "When I take a leak, I spray it so far, <laughs> so far, so, so far. far. Everybody <laughs> knows it. Everybody knows. I can I can write my name in cursive." Like, no, no, I throw, he'd be like, I throw a ball faster than Trump. He'd be like, no, I throw the best balls, the furthest balls, I throw them I all. I throw my balls. No, but only, no, 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 but only weird things. Like, if, if you said, you know, I'm a pro bowler and I could beat Trump at bowling, he'd probably be like, well, he's a great bowler, he's very good, everyone respects him. Agrees, yeah. But it was like, it was weird things he would lie about where you're like, why is he so adamant about like, that being the thing, you but know, that's I mean? a reliable, that's right. a reliable guy, right? Yeah. Because you know that he's gonna say, you know that he's going to say that when when people challenge him. So someone like Putin or China, when they're sort of coming up and saying, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna be the world superpower," he's like, "No way! I'm the superest superpower that ever <laughs> no, no, that, ever walked the earth." That five percent thing is actually a really great point because everybody knows that Joe Biden's got a zero percent chance of launching any nukes or taking any hard military action. He's not going to do a thing, and everybody probably says, you know, e- even Putin and she would be like, Trump probably won't do it. And then their advisors go, probably. Probably. And it's like, mm, they're like, Biden's asleep. He's never going to do anything. Well, Biden he's is not never even away. No, he's a well, useless, doddering old man. He'll, he'll, you know, he'll, he'll yell, come on, man, to Putin. Right. Come on, man. And then maybe he'll whisper and like <laughs> sniff on, some man. little girl's hair. <laughs> yeah. He could, yeah, he's reliable in sniffing women. He's great yeah. at that. So we have, we have Chicken City, which is our new live stream where it's just the chickens doing their thing. And, you know, chickens are animals, so they do animal behaviors, but mm. people calling, uh, whatever, you know, Roberto the rooster is getting feisty. People saying, you know, Roberto giving the old Biden sniff to the girls and stuff like that. <laughs> a good old Biden <laughs> sniff. And I'm like, that's, that's one way to put Biden it. Biden knows better. It's funny because. It's a rather family-friendly show. It's just chickens, and we make jokes, and I threw blueberries to them and stuff like that. But the comments are hilarious when people like make jokes about chickens. And one of you our to eat the people on our social media team, they fight for it. Oh, I thought they didn't. Those the young ones, they don't eat them. Oh, the little ones were confused. Yet. They were like, they didn't like the blueberries. One of the people on our social media team, Beth Bash, she's a reporter of ours. She was in. Um, Ottawa covering the, the truckers and everything. She's terrific. Every time Biden does a sniffy thing, she's like, I'm getting this clip. Just wait. <laughs> He's sniffing people again. He's sniffing the girls again. 
it's wonderful. I love it. Good this is our reporter, yeah, John. Right. Uh, his beat is Biden sniffing <laughs> little girls. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, basically I just watch all of his presentations cool. and I just pull the clips of him sniffing women. Is he getting nutrition from people when he does that? Because I know when you <laughs> smell something, you get particles of a thing go into your body oh, when you're smelling it. Grosser and grosser. Yeah. Like when you're in the bathroom, it's stinking. Biden can't help it. He's, he's, he sustains himself. I require nutrients. Yeah, he's a, he's a smell, smell I have to smell them. <laughs> I need some energy. Yeah, he he smells. Yeah, yeah. He he latches on and yeah. all right. I mean, that's gross because like a, a good smell will <laughs> wake like you up, and that's really gross if that's what he's doing. Let's let's, nasty. let's go to super chats. If you have not already, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show, take the URL, post wherever you want if you really do want to help out. Go to tipcast.com. We're gonna have a members only show coming up around eleven or so p.m. We record it and then we publish it live. Uh, we, we we publish it recorded at 11 or so p.m. So check it out and uh, support the show at TimCast.com. But let's read some here. Uh, super Chats. We got Aussie Trutler uh, says, hello there from Chicken City. You know, I think Chicken City is our fastest growing uh, new show. We got 11,300 subscribers in one week. Reliable cast, one, yeah. One, one week, right. absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's see. We got Silver Bear says, hello, Tim and crew. I sent my resume and portfolio to pitches at TimCast. I wasn't sure where else to send it. I love writing. I want to try doing it for a living. We will look out for it right now. I'll tell you this, guys. We're looking for... I don't know how to describe it. We 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 need people who skate and want to film vlog stuff every day because we, we, we essentially need like an executive producer for the vlog. There's a couple... There's a, there's a bunch of ideas we have. We want it to be fun with cool activities like we launched the race cars over the garage roof but we also want to do just like gags with the crew so like we did the thing where Seamus tortured people pretended <laughs> to great. so just fun stuff like that but we need someone whose job it is to basically focus on that so if you're interested yeah if you could do lighting and sound design as well that'd be huge lighting and sound design yeah if we could yeah I think if we if it looks like cinema quality then no I don't know about like, that it'll get like a we, magnitude more followers that would have to that would have to be a different person Maybe. I mean, we're talking, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about someone would... who's like a charismatic personality and writer, not a production person. Yeah, I'd be down to have a good tech But, on board. you know, we'll take it all. So, you know, it's I'll hire. It's good to have a good can, tech person. Yeah, we oh, can hire. Sound is everything. Mm-hmm. We can hire 10 people if they're like, we're going to put together a show and have a good time. But, uh, you know, ultimately, we got so much stuff going on here. We just need someone who wants to organize it. We've got mm-hmm. the, the airbag launch thing. We built the new patio. We're building new skate ramps. We've got Ferdamistan and we got chickens and we're going to get goats. So we just need someone whose job it is, is to like wrap those ideas up. And so, you know, put into the vlog, do jokes and things like that. All right. Let's see. Memotype says shoe on head did a great video about cuties. She does a giant breakdown of just how messed up it all is. She watched it. So you don't have to. Yeah. You know, here's the challenge, right? You know, how are you going to criticize something you haven't seen? And I'm like, well, the issue is I've seen the trailers and I've seen relevant clips mm. from, you know, critique. And it's like, maybe I didn't see the scene where the little girl talks to her mom about baking cookies, but I don't want to watch the movie and watch it. I, like, I wouldn't want to watch the three-minute dance routine. But it is a challenge. It is. Because, like, I guess she watched it, so I don't have to. You know what I mean? Is it still on there? Is Cutie still on Netflix? I'm pretty sure it is. I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, someone reco- – so we have two chickens with no names because they were adopted. And someone wanted us to name 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 them at least one of them shoe on egg. Shoe oh, that's egg. really so, cute. So we did. Yeah. And I guess the other one is Hensaki because oh, I like that yeah. too. Because uh, <laughs> it's like it's like a goldish like it's like a it's like a it's a light brownish like a burnt. It's almost red. It's mm-hmm. not quite. 
But there, someone they were like Hensaki, and that's, I was like, "That's a really good one." Yeah, you know, Hensaki. Oh, someone yeah. else at Hen Shapiro. Yeah, I like that too. But that's I'm like, no, bad. but we need a little rooster. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that would chicken. have to be a rooster, a little yeah. black rooster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we have yeah. one. A bossy little black rooster with like bossy. you know, a little tuft of yeah, little, little tuft, tuft of yes. feathers. That'd be cute. That'd be adorable. The Mad Machina says, "Ian Carlin did it." The seven words because he believed censorship of those words was wrong. Your logic and this analogy would mean the creators believed this behavior should be acceptable. Yeah, I think they did. That's why they did it. It's like a social statement of like, look, look in the darkness, look at the darkness. But like looking at something that's horrific so that you can say, hey, I saw it isn't necessarily good for you. Michael McCarthy says, wow, is that Kelly J on Tim Pool? Well done. I think this might finally be the sign that I really am in a simulation. This is a great part of the simulation, though. (laughs) <laughs> well, then definitely check out our members only segment coming up at 11 p.m. This will be a lot, a lot yeah. of fun. All right. Legima Thigayan, I'm probably always pronouncing that wrong, says, Dear Kelly slash Posey, I admire your courage in the face of the irrational crusading mob of woke progressive fanatics on both sides of the ocean. We need far more people like you. I know you'll never give up your fight. Be well from Florida. Oh, thanks. There you go. All right. Darun Albain says, Tim, the released maps for the Russian strikes and lab locations. The maps are distorted, impossible to line up. Interesting. Did, did you guys see the view called for the arrest of Tulsi and uh, Tucker Carlson? Wild. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She, they actually called for the Department of Justice to do it, um, just like the Department of Justice was going to investigate parents for being upset about yep. mask mandates in yeah. schools. And they said, people used to get arrested for this kind of stuff. The mm-hmm. DOJ needs to investigate this. It's like... It's called McCarthyism. Uh, well, you call it whatever. Well I mean, done. It's, it's just, you know, people are like, we went from Civil War to World War Three, and I'm like, no, we didn't. We went from Civil War and, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. added in World War Three. Yeah, you know it's I mean? just so a it's layering it on top. Yeah. It's like the seven-layer dip. We just all need some chips. Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) Sir Bancelot says, hey, Tim, this is concerning student loans. In Australia, we have something called the HECS system, where you have your taxpayer-backed student loans you can't default on with no interest. What stops Americans from having this? We do. Ineptitude? Don't we have? We do have federal student loans. Yeah, but uh, but they have interest rates. Yeah, they do have interest rates. Yeah, he's saying they don't. Oh. Because my, my, my thing is, I don't think we should just forgive everyone's student loan debt, but we should eliminate the interest rates. So it's like pay back what you borrowed and, you know, maybe with inflation or something. So it's like you got to pay back the money you borrowed. You know what I mean? I think you probably shouldn't uh, be allowed to get federal student loans for degrees in gender identity. Yes. I think we should not give out (laughs) student loans at all. It's like if you want to go to college, get a job, save up money. Two years later, you know, go to college. Or maybe the college would pay for it. But that the problem with your thing is then only rich people would go to college, which was what the student loan program was trying to fix anyway. And all it did was made everyone's lives worse. And it made college way more expensive. Right. It didn't solve anything. Yeah, because now all these schools have giant endowments. But, it's, but, but you could also work your way through college. People do that. That used to be a thing as well. Yeah. When like a state school was $12,000 a year, you could do that. Yep. yep. Now you can't. I mean, if you like link it 65. to inflation, if you link it to inflation by now, well, maybe by next year, it'll be about 400%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. You pay back so much. And yep. so much of what universities are are administrative departments. Yep. I mean it's so peculiar. Like in the UK you could you could do a degree in golf. In golf? Mm. Yeah. What? Yeah, all right. <laughs> Folklore mythology is always interesting, right? All right. We got Mike Hillier he says, Tim, you are wrong uh, at what a MRA is. You are repeating MSM narrative 
Vosh is acting like a feminist. Talk to Karen Straw or is it Strawn? Strawn? About MRAs. And then we have another one saying, Tim, please stop calling Vosh an MRA. Then we have Zarenk saying Vosh is not an MRA. No, no, my friends, you all don't understand. You're looking at the phrase MRA as though it's a proper noun. I'm referring to Vosh as the non-proper noun. He is an advocate. He is advocating for the rights of men. I didn't say all rights. I didn't say he was in line with your proper noun view of the, of the uh, acronym MRA. If a human being says that they're going to go online and advocate for the rights of men, they're a, a right men's rights advocate or activist. You know, I, there's not one, there's not one group of, you know, like feminists have a bunch of different branches. MRA is going to have a bunch of different branches. He's a leftist MRA. He's definitely not a feminist of any stripe, including the many terrible feminists that walk the earth. Yeah. All right. The wrong writer says playing World of Warcraft while watching this. Scary. Also, have a look at Norman Dodd on tax-exempt foundations. Very eye-opening discussion. World of Warcraft was scary, man. I was addicted to it in like 2006 for like a good month, month or mm. two. I would do nothing but wake up, play. The, and, and I always tell people, South Park did that episode where they gained all that weight and got really fat from playing Warcraft. That's not true. You, you, you become extremely malnourished. Oh, because you just don't eat? It's called a bio when you're raiding with your friends mm-hmm. and it's like a bio meaning you got to eat, drink or go to the bathroom. Typically it's a bathroom thing, but people would be like, no, it's like, Hey, we're, we're going to go, you know, we're going to go raid, you know, whatever. And then people are like, I got to take a break, man. I got to get some food or something. It'd be like, Oh, come on, dude. Are you kidding? We're like, we want to start. We got, we got to wait for you. We got 40 people and you'd be like, Oh, okay. Or whatever. So I think I dropped like 20 pounds and I was wow. like super thin because you, you'll, you'll drink water. And all I was doing was ordering a calzone. So what'd you say? Yeah. World of. Warcraft. World of Warcraft. <laughs> Just write that down. Yeah. Well, when you're, when, when you're. I was thinking that too. <laughs> this is like when I was in middle school when I saw the Karen Carpenter documentary and it talked about how she was anorexic oh. and like she lost all this weight. And I was like, that's a killer idea. That's a great idea, well, right? She's a great I should write that. That's a killer idea. I yeah. I, a, I ended up so hungry. It was like half a day. Into it, yeah. <laughs> all right. We got Caltox Reaper says, Tim and Ian, you both need to watch the anime Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. It covers a lot of what is being talked about. Good sir. I have seen it. I have seen the movie and I know absolutely about Ghost in the Shell. Uh, yeah, it's great. The Laughing Man thing's fantastic. I love the 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 graphic. It's a guy. He basically can hack people's brains so they can see what he wants them to see. And so when they try and look at him on cameras and the surveillance footage, he hacks the system so you only see this um, Salinger quote. I thought what I would do is I would, I would pretend I was one of those deaf mutes, just like spinning around a smiley mm-hmm. face. So they're like, they ask people like, "What did he look like?" He's like, I, "I can't remember." So when your brains are cyberized or in the network, powerful people or hackers are going to decide what you can think or remember. That's the future, man. That's I think they'll call it cyberized. Like hybrid. Yeah, like hybrid, but with cyberized, maybe. I don't know. Yep, cyberized. All right. Caitlin says, I was a tomboy as a kid in the 80s and very feminine now. I'm so thankful my parents didn't just think I really wanted to be a boy. Girl, me too. Same. (laughs) I mean, I'll tell you something right now that's probably offensive to a bunch of people. (laughs) <laughs> the uh, the first 1080 done on a skateboard was done by I think a 12 year old boy. Yeah. There's no 12 year old girl who is is also you know hitting the first 1080. I mean it's a massive spin. And so I've brought this up to people. 
because there's a lot of people who argue like, oh, puberty is a defining point at which a male gains the advantage in sports. And I'm like, then why are there like 10 and 12 year old boys competing at the at the national level in skateboarding, but no girls? I want to just shout out all you girls out there. But from a guy's perspective, women are the coolest thing on earth. So please <laughs> cherish it. It's amazing. Go with it. I like that. I think I think that's a lot very true for like women as well, though. To be honest, not like not like equally, you know, because men are just like obviously obsessed with women. But the the gag, the joke people would always say is on the cover of a men's magazine is it a man or a woman? It's, it's a woman. woman. And the cover of a woman's magazine is a man or a woman? It's a woman. Oh yeah, the woman. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> but that's yep. because men don't look as good in women's clothes, and those okay. magazines are about Speak selling for clothes. Yourself, lady. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's interesting you talk about the puberty thing because when advocates in the UK uh, to try and stop women's sports being invaded by men, uh, they will talk about puberty. Well, actually, the advantages that men have over women is is not just puberty. It's it's bone density, it's muscle yeah. fiber, it's it's all these, it's cardiovascular system, it's muscle memory even of remembering how strong you were before a little bit of testosterone suppressant, which never suppresses the testosterone to a point of the, it's the, a, it's the a, same as a woman. It's impossible to suppress uh, prenatal testosterone when you're already born. Mm. The other and thing so that too impacts is like the, muscle fiber and bone density and all that stuff. The the average of women's testosterone that women naturally have in their bodies, I think, is like uh, the highest is like two point four. I think it's very low. Isn't like it? nanomules or whatever per liter. And for the IOC, their regulation for biological males who want to compete in women's sports is that your testosterone has to be ten huh. nanomules per liter, which mm. is still multitudes and multitudes higher than what the highest mm. uh, average women's and testosterone if a, if in a their woman, bodies would be. If a woman had that level of testosterone, she'd be accused of doping and cheating. Yes. And oh, I, yes. she'd have a beard. Yeah, mm. at least. Good. Yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff. So we got Tara says, uh, Tara says, low fertility is a result of poor diet. Eating low-protein diets, low animal fats, and high vegetable and seed oils completely ruins your hormones. Mm. I'll, I'll mention this. We talked about a little bit of, to... Uh, um, Ryan Long and Danny Polishchuk about NAD. You guys familiar with that? Yeah. Something I think Joe Rogan talks about it quite a bit. Uh, nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide, and uh, I've been getting that. But part of that means I get my my um, I get like a, basically a physical every time they check my blood pressure. And since I started doing a higher protein diet and a lower sugar diet, my health has like massively improved. Massively higher protein, less sugar. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think it's fairly obvious, right? Like everybody says, like cut the carbs and eat better protein. So I've been eating more. I've been eating way more protein instead of instead of a snack being sugar based. My snacks are protein based. That was the big change. For one, I snack a lot less now, which is probably why I lost weight. When I do snack, we have we have bacon. We have little individually wrapped bacon's. You just rip them open. I mostly and just eat fruit when I snack. High sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Delicious. And, and, and liver intensive too. Apples. Yeah. Apples yeah, yeah, are yeah. hurting my liver. I just drink, yeah, probably, drink yeah. wine. Well, really I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a nutritionist. So I don't take my advice. But I was reading about how fructose, you know, fruit sugar, has to be processed in the liver. So it's – Yeah, strange. minus the fiber. If you do just apple juice, it's going to go right to your liver and then convert into sugar. If you eat it with the fiber, which is no, all No, I the, just eat – I eat actual – It goes a, sl- bacon. longer. Fruit. I, gave up, uh, I gave up meat for Lent. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. So where do you get your protein from? I've been eating a lot of fish. That's meat. Yeah. Well – you gave up like red meat or something. I or gave up like ant, like meat. yeah, not fish. I gave up not fish. For <laughs> well, that works. Yeah, I, I mean, fish is actually way better for you. Yeah. So. So my son, like, I've I've been making all of this like 
shrimp dishes. I'm learning to cook Chinese that fried shrimp. Good. Spectacular. Yeah. Wow. There's a bunch of salmon and crab cakes in my freezer right awesome. now. This is interesting. Vic, awesome. Vic says my girlfriend has been off birth control for a year and she feels like a different person. Mm. She's happier, better appetite, more sexual, less emotional. They're turning the frogs gay. <laughs> well, I don't know about birth control going to frogs, but <laughs> that was a pesticide, wasn't it? Atrazine. Yeah, and I think later on they said that they, they were wrong. Or like oh, it, was, it, it wasn't limited. making them gay. Well, hermaphroditic. Well, no, no, but I the whole the story... study said that they weren't sure it was atrazine in the first place. Oh, yeah. hmm. Could have been. It was a hypothesis or something. Yeah. But yeah, that was a uh, a pesticide leaking into groundwater was uh, mutating the endocrine systems of frogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't really touch on pesticides, herbicides, fungicides getting into the food supply. Oh, you know what we supply. got? We we went and bought silky chickens. You saw what are silky the ones oh, that, those little cute ones. Yeah, they look like llamas. They're so cute. Oh, and cute. the the woman who sold them to us also gave us sold us some honey that she found in an abandoned house. Oh, that's that's weird. Not <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was super excited. It's it's the best honey I've ever tasted. Did you end up like tripping your face off? Or no, honey is antimicrobial. Now? So okay. it's like you could put it on your wounds to clean it. Uh, so long as it's done by a proper beekeeper, uh-huh. it's probably fine. Now, nah, do you trust the beekeeper? Because what the f- beekeeper? It was found in an abandoned house. You don't know anything about <laughs> no, just, it. The, the lady She's was a, a beekeeper. Oh, so okay. she also she she also has like legit farm honey. Uh huh. But she said, "I found this one in an abandoned house. If you want it, you know, you can buy it too." And I was like, "Yeah." Well, actually, I wasn't paying attention. It was everyone else who heard it. And I was like, "I'll just take it all." And then I was tasting it, and they're like, "Oh, that's the one from the abandoned house." And I was like, "Tastes great." So what they say is if the bees are in an abandoned house, then the older parts of the com- of the honeycomb are going to have like mold and garbage on it. Mm-hmm. But the newer parts are probably clean and safe. And honey is antimicrobial. So you're- Oh, she didn't find a jar of honey in no, the abandoned house. She, she found, found a beehive. Like okay. Yeah. yeah. That's different. And then she took I'm like the picturing honey. this jar and I'm like, you really just <laughs> dug into the... Yeah. Have you guys ever eaten the psychedelic honey? No. Which one is it? It's like the Himalayans will climb the mountain and they'll go get Ma- the honey and they'll Manuka? eat it and they trip their balls off. Why no, no, it's not Manuka honey. That's Why is it? Honey. Uh, so I'm looking into it. Gray anatoxin is maybe the chemical. Mm-hmm. They call it mad honey. Really? There was this crazy thing that happened in Brooklyn mad where honey. all of these bees. Some of it's legal. That's awesome. <laughs> these bees like got into some sort of industrial facility and that ended up in all the honey and all the honey was like weird red color yeah no it was uh it was a candy factory it was a candy factory and the waste runoff yeah the bees oh, were drinking so the sugar that's what it was. Oh, funky and so they made that's red funky. candy honey oh. where do yeah. you get the trippy honey though what's the deal where do you find it well i know the mountains of the himalayas um they only climb long distances to get to it i don't know though i have never heard of this mad honey before i'm looking into it interesting Eddie Jones says, I'm 21 years old and you're helping me learn about a lot of things I was blind of as a noob in the world. Thanks for the solid info and the sources to back it all. Thanks for the 20s, Ian. Chicken City is life. Dude, thank you so much, man. I, if I could have been 21 years old and had access to a show like this that I could interact with, I would have loved it. So thank you for putting me in perspective like that. All right. Josh Froman says, hey, Tim, Ohio just passed constitutional carry. What are your thoughts? Man, Indiana's going to pass constitutional carry. Alabama just signed constitutional carry. Yep. I think it was constitutional carry, right, in Alabama? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. What does that and, mean? You can just carry a weapon. You can carry your gun. Yeah. And there's can, no... No permits, whatever. You can... You just get like to have it. Carry, yeah. yeah. You're you're totally pro that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In West Virginia, you can just pick up a gun and walk around outside and... And, like, just have it. No one cares. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you'll see a guy with a with a with a gun on his hip, and you're just like, oh. how many states have that versus how many don't? Growing I mean, now I really think it's like 15 or 16, yeah. maybe. Wow. You want to look it up? Yeah. Are they the, the same argument? ones? What? What's the argument for it? 
that we have the Second Amendment. Yeah, the Constitution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, the fact that it's getting passed now. Oh yeah. Like, what? Why? So, why are they so, suddenly doing it? Uh, <clears throat> the Constitution, Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Yet, throughout most of history, we didn't actually uphold our own constitutional rights. Right. Okay. And so, in the eighties, even it was difficult to get concealed carry permits. Like, so they were like, oh, no, 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 if you want to have a gun, you better show everybody. And people were like, the Constitution is clear, right? Mm-hmm. So recently, I think it's because uh, I, th- I think the populist libertarian wave has been winning very much in the United States over the past decade. And so now we're seeing states basically say the law and guns is the Constitution. Of course, you still have the feds. The federal government bans a ton of weapons, and it's absurd. and There's nothing you can do about it. But in Texas, for instance— They've, uh, they passed a law, I'm pretty sure, saying that if you make and use a suppressor in Texas, the feds can't do anything. Like, it's the, te- the state allows it. Because you can't, it, it, the feds are only in charge if you cross state lines. But the feds are still arguing, you know, it's illegal, you can't do it. Part so. of it too is that Biden is so gun control crazy. He has all of these ideas about uh, preventing people from having guns. And yep. was recently um, in New York talking to Mayor Adams after two police officers were murdered mm-hmm. by a career criminal who had a who shot them with his gun. Um, yeah, the um, actually New York just launched their new uh, uh, criminal division. Mm-hmm. It's actually the NYPD has actually deployed uh, a bunch of criminals. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, the anti sense. the anti gun unit. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's like common sense in New York City. So. New York City is, in my opinion, in violation of the Constitution because they make it impossible to get a gun. New York City is in violation of the Constitution all over yeah, the place. That's, yeah, yeah, good point. Like in several <laughs> very key places. Consistently and always. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the people who live there tolerate it. So, But they created a new anti-gun yeah. unit. These are cops who basically go out to take away – to arrest people who are – you know, uh, uh, constitutionally carrying weapons because statutorily in the state, in the city, they don't let you do it. I think that's wrong. I think if you want to make an argument about whether or not you should be allowed to have guns, you got to change the constitution first. So, I got a list of the open carry. Uh, it's from the Wikipedia open carry. It's better to look well, at open carry is different from constitutional carry. Open okay. carry means that you're allowed to carry your gun so long as other people can see it. Constitutional carry means you can conceal it if you want to. You don't need a permit. Oh yeah. So Ooh, if you're in a state that doesn't have that and they require you to get a permit, and the cop finds you have a gun, you get in trouble. Mm-hmm. The moment they enact, they sign into law, constitutional carry, you can take your gun, put it in your waistband, cover it up, and walk outside. And So I think we have 23 states that are constitutional Ooh, carry. 23? Yeah. Wow. Wow. A lot. According to Wikipedia. That's fantastic. Glad to hear it. A well-armed population is a polite and hard-to-oppress population. And then three more states that have a limited form of mm. permitless concealed carry. Illinois, New Mexico, and Washington. Yeah, I'm wary of anyone who wants to strip power away from the people to give to themselves. Mm. And when the argument about gun control is almost always that the government should have the right to... Uh, right now, agents of the government can have select fire rifles. It means full auto or you know burst or, or uh, uh, semi-auto. And they say the regular people can't. Politicians can have guns. Right. So celebrities can have bodyguards who are armed. And the way it works in New York and New Jersey and Maryland is basically if you're wealthy and famous enough, you can have a gun. So they were, they say you have to give a legitimate reason why you need the gun. And if you say like for my safety or my constitutional rights, they kick you out. But if you say I'm rich and famous, they'll say we got you. Don't worry about it. In New York, Special there's people. like, you have to have an interview yeah. to explain why you want the gun. Yeah. And you can't just be like, I just want it because I want it. 
Yep. That's not like not part of the, the I was told the, jam. the easiest way I was told New York ultimately just like won't won't give it to you. Mm-hmm. But in New Jersey, Maryland and New York, the most likely way to actually get one is to show deposit slips for cash in excess of $5,000. Oh, that's interesting. Because then the argument is I carry large sums of cash, cash for my job doing deposits and I need to be able to defend myself because people who find out will, will rob what me. What if you just carry large sums of cash so you can have a receipt so you can buy a gun? Well, I don't think the cops are going to look into your business. <laughs> They're not going to check you know. it out if you just take it out and put it back in. Have all, a receipt. <laughs> when it comes to constitutional carry, all the states are pretty much uniform, except for California is all fragmented. All over California, you have different rules, and all over California is not a constitutional carry state. No, California bad. is a you go to jail for having a gun state. They have a May issue, concealed permit in, Cal- in a lot of areas California. of California. Oof. Would there be a correlation between uh, states who don't have constitutional carry with other sort of? infringements of the constitution so california for example i would say it was anti-constitutional to put men in in women's prisons um which they of course do yeah but i think so does washington well biden's put forward a defense of it right yes biden is pro putting men in women's prisons (laughs) as is the unelected governor of new york state It's, it's a potential 14th amendment argument but that's it and it doesn't clearly define what the violation is so that's a harder question to be honest right so, so I, I probably don't really understand your constitution. <laughs> the, the, but I'm the, just wondering if there is a correlation between uh, not carrying, not having a constitutional carry and other things that may be like free speech. Uh, all well, those yeah, sorts so, of things. so the first cover is freedom of speech. Second is guns. Third is to be free from the government quartering soldiers in your home or providing your home as, you know, uh, pro- providing your home to uh, soldiers. The fourth is unre- unreasonable search and seizure. But uh, the 14th is equality under the law. Mm. So you see a lot of arguments about the 14th Amendment. And so there's interesting Supreme Court rulings. I believe what you're describing would be a constitutional violation of the 14th because the way we've, we as the United States have decided equality can work is that so long as there is uh, – you can separate groups so long as they have equal of something. So it's really funny because like you can't when it comes to race, but you can't when it comes to gender. Don't ask me why. I'm, I'm on a Supreme Court justice. But uh, it used to be that you could have a white and a black bathroom so long as both groups got a bathroom. We ended that because now it's like separate but equal was wrong. Now you can't you can't do that. But under the exact same law, the 1964 Civil Rights Act, you can do that for men and women. Right. I think this is what's ultimately going to poke a hole and and shatter gender segre- gender segregation, which ultimately means males and females will share all the same spaces no matter what in the future. Because the argument is... Uh, if the argument back in the day was we don't, if, if there's two different bathrooms that both work the same way, then we're allowed to have race differentiated bathrooms because it's equal, right? Mm. We said no to that. Okay. Well, we do that now for men and women. So now we're starting to see the left argue, okay, well then how can you have g- gender separate, but equal? Nope. There should be one bathroom for everybody. But this is happening in New York, where instead of doing a men's room and a women's room, they're doing five individual bathrooms with doors. You just lock. And so now they're just all genderless single stalls. Yeah, but are they those weird doors that you have over here that we don't have in the UK, Annoying which leave, doors. which li- no, well, no, 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 these are, these are, a, these are right a, the way down to the floor. These, this, this would be like walking into a broom closet. Like you walk into an actual room and close the door. It would be walking into your own WC. Right. But it still with doesn't a sink, stop with men a sink urinating on the seat. Yes. That's yeah, right. That's an issue. Yep. All that stuff. But. That's what, that's one of the things we're starting to see from it is instead of doing a men's room and a women's room with like, you know, urinals or bat, they just, they'll just make four individual rooms. The Romans would all sit in a big room together. 
Yeah. You've never been to Roman bathrooms? Have you been to right? a sports bar? Just toilet, 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 toilet. And they're all just sitting they there looking at each other. They sit there like... I don't know if they had... To, they might have had wooden dividers. I don't know. I don't know, know that they, they no, did. Mate. Wasn't that? they just ate too much meat? So that's just but I don't know if they had men right? and women together. Right? Were they? Let's, let's, I let, don't know. Mixing genders. Did let's, they at the room at the baths? I don't know. So Eating while they poop. Let's uh, grab one more super check. So we're going to do this member segment. We have uh, Colton Raider says, "What is your thoughts on Donald Trump going on a podcast and YouTube removing it within 24 hours? Over five million views. That was the Nelk Boys full send podcast. Yep. And the issue is." You've got to be really savvy on YouTube's rules to be able to pull off a show like this. So, my friends, you may notice that many of your favorite creators often get strikes, and we don't. Um, we've gotten one warning from Alex Jones when he was on the show, and I think it was BS. And I think it's proof that YouTube enforces their ru- rules arbitrarily. But there's also many things that we're cognizant of, and we 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 dance through the landmine field. There are a lot of people that either are unwilling to or just don't know how YouTube has aligned their landmines everywhere. And so you'll see people who, like the Nelk boys, talked to Trump. Trump said things, and they were like, okay, oh, YouTube gets them. Or uh, we talked with um, Kim Iverson. The Hills Rising, I think it was Rising, they got suspended from YouTube because they aired a clip of Donald Trump speaking on an interview, and Trump said something that YouTube, that was it. And be- because wild. because YouTube has a very specific rule for how you can address certain conversations. That is to say, if, or I should say when we get Donald Trump on the show, we will not be taken down. Hmm. Maybe because YouTube's rule enforcement is arbitrary. But I know YouTube's rules well enough to where I think we could allow Donald Trump his space to make his points. And we could say what needs to be said to make sure it doesn't get booted off the internet. That not- would be cool if you had Trump on the show. I mean, we've talked with uh, uh, some of his people. It's just kind of like, I don't know. You know, if Trump came on the show, it'd be like, we'd have to go to Florida. Well, it'd be bigly. Yeah, very bigly. Yeah. I would definitely do it. It would be fantastic. Definitely. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll reach out to some of the people. We've, we've had a bunch of people. We have Bannon and Peter Navarro yeah. and stuff. So I, I think really be, like Peter Navarro, man. That guy's he's cool, awesome. Dude. Yeah. Smart. I think it would be great to sit down with Trump for a couple hours. Um but I, you know, what we were told is like, mm, he'd probably do a half an hour. Maybe you got to come down. And I was like, okay, well, we'll figure it out when we figure it out. So maybe we'll, we'll reach out and see if we can, you know, sit down with Donald Trump and talk to him. I don't think it would get taken down from the internet though. I think we'd be able to get that. I take your point about dancing around certain topics and not saying certain phrases or certain words in order to stay on. But the fact that social media, that these corporate kind of faceless corporations are preventing people from talking, I think is despicable and when he was cancelled from twitter i mean i just think that was a bit of a game changer when everyone realized that oh yeah actually these these globalists uh these sort of technocrats they have way too much power on what we can hear well yeah, so here's what we try true. to do i think you know we can get like 99 percent of everything we want to say on the show because we mostly talk about current events so we're talking about like up-to-date news that's one of the reasons we don't get hit a lot when people have candid conversations on a wide range of topics that span several years is where YouTube gets you. We pull up news articles from this week. It's like hard for them to enforce what's on Newsweek or the New York Times Mm. or CNN. But for the greater conversations that we think, you know, let's not get banned, we go to TimCast.com, member segments. If you become a member there and support us, then it allows us to have this more, you know, open... Granted, I'll tell you this. We, we've had the corporations, like big powerful players, mad at us, really mad at us over our members only segments. Mm-hmm. So I hope people realize that. Probably, when probably like the one we're about to have. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna, <laughs> I, I imagine this one's gonna 
trigger a bunch mm. of yep. you know <laughs> corporate entities. But uh, people need to understand that too because. When we say, like, we're going to do things at TimCast.com where we, 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 we mostly get to say whatever we want to say on this show because we're talking about current events. If there's something where we think it's going to cross that line where YouTube would take advantage of it to ban us, they still know we're doing it. And these, these big corporate entities still know we're doing it. They're trying to figure out how to punish us for our own website. And that's a challenge we're working towards. I don't want to say too much because we have, we're, we're signing out with some new companies that are really going to solidify and fortify our ability to have conversations of whatever we want. But look, man, it ain't easy. You know, I, I tell people, do you want to sacrifice 99 conversations for that one? I certainly understand not wanting to give, give up that one conversation. And if there was something so insanely important, you'd risk getting banned for it. I say we have to have it. If there's something that's not, you know, apocalyptic and, you know, whatever, we'll do a members only speakeasy, speakeasy kind of show where we'll, we'll go in the back room and get away from the prying eyes of the, the establishment. But, uh, you know, there are certain things that I'm like, let's, let's go for it. Like the Epstein stuff. Luke was like, how do we deal with this? Because we're talking about suicide. We're talking mm-hmm. about, exp- I'm like, no, 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 we're going like, no way, dude. Something like that has to be, we'll talk mm-hmm. about Epstein all day, all week. So anyway, my friends, go to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have that members-only segment coming up. It'll be published around 11 or so p.m. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me at TimCast. Kelly, do you want to uh, shout anything out? you have social media or anything? I do. If you want to purchase uh, and support what we do, there's a U.S. store, which is adulthumanfemale.us. Uh, if you're in the UK or Europe and, or you don't mind high postage costs, it's, uh, adulthumanfemale.store. And you can also support what we do at standingforwomen.com. Oh, and Kelly J. Keen on YouTube. Right on. Libby, you want to anything else? Sure. Uh, Libby Emmons. I'm at Libby Emmons on Twitter. I'm at the Post Millennial every day. And if you want to help us out, um, we get targeted by Antifa all the time. If you want to help us out, thepostmillennial.com slash contribute. And you can subscribe to our newsletters and to our site. And, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, also, Kelly J gave me this pin. What is it? And it (laughs) says, um, it says, mother is a female parent. Oh, Oh, that's nice. Is that the actual definition of the word? Very happy about it. It's it's abbreviated to get on a pin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To be fair. I mean, it is, you know. So that's what we're going to talk about in the members. Shorter than Twitter, but still. We're going to talk about (laughs) definitions, dictionary definitions. Good. My favorite topic. (laughs) (laughs) Liturgy. Hey, I'm Ian Crossland. Follow me, IanCrossland.net. I'll see you guys later. Yeah, I'm very excited for this conversation. We'll be discussing the definition of woman, which is an adult human female. I'm told. I'm stoked. I get to wear my shirt tonight. You guys may follow me on Twitter and Minds.com at Sour Patch Lids. We will see you all at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out.